Right. Yeah. Now we're, rec- now we're recording. That's it. It's official. Huh? We're getting That's- there slowly but surely. I love it. <laughs> It'll be What's nice. What's the crack? I tell you, it's some house. Oh, it's going to be nice now. You'll have to come down. It's lovely. Yes. yes. Do you know what I've done today? Knowing that we were going to talk, I, went, I Googled that, um, or I YouTube that video, James Conway, Apple. Yes. <laughs> some crack, lad. I'm going to jump straight in there. Like, talk to me about that. Like I, I heard the other night about you you're trying to talk behind it. What I was want to hear that, a little bit more about it. It was very little of a train of thought. It was just pure anger. That was the holy all of us. Um, we're over there and... You didn't get back from the UK, remember? You didn't get, you didn't get back from the UK to see your, your son, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. We got delayed and then a dinner broke down and we were meant to evening and everything went wrong. And then I read that and I just felt... I felt betrayed and I felt let down that... Uh, we did have to immigrate. It wasn't a choice. Like um, I had every intention that time of having my own house and being able to do up my own house and all that. And um, I just felt betrayed by what I seen going on because there was ample amounts of money in the country to keep people at home. And they just, it's absolute corruption. But It is, it is. We, 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 we might ease it to that. What I thought was, uh, when you were telling me then, all oh, the accolades and the fact that you have a property and you like you can feed yourself on nine months of the year now from your from your garden and you would yeah. say like it's mad what 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 aspect of you went out to the world i couldn't have seen that today after watching yeah well that was <laughs> it just showed it, it, it the viral video kind of showed me how simple it is to garner attention in that but how simple it is too for you know people to kind of put you down and all that crack and it kind of it drove me forward in the aspect of I said I don't want any reliance on anyone because eventually they're going to let you down anyways and governments businesses anything like that it all boils down to self-reliance and then if you have a problem it's your own fault as opposed to trying to blame other people and all that which that was my angle from it and that's probably the best thing I took from it you know I'd say, and that, another thing I only talking about today was, I'd say there was a lot of compliments, as in praise, and then a lot of fucking opposite end of that spectrum, right? Kunda, you, you probably learned a little bit more, like, stay in the middle, like, yeah, back to that several lines thing. It's a 50-50 split. It yeah. is. Like, some, some people will love what you're saying, and then another 50 will hate what you're saying. But the trouble is, people are more vocal when they disagree with something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's more yeah, passionately but, negative motherfuckers out there than there is passionately positive, right? Yeah, you'll, you'll get a little comment like, good job, thumbs up, and then you'll get an absolute essay on why you're a prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Just sitting there in the van. It's crazy. Yeah. How many how many views did that end up getting? Or how, how, how long was it travelling for? Was it weeks or months? Or? Oh, it's still on. So still, it is still, still floating? Yeah, I've seen a version of it lately. I think there was three or four million on it. Fucking hell. It's, it's comical, like you're kind of sitting there and then someone will show it to you and be like, oh, look at this just popped up. And it's like, oh, yeah, great. Oh, wonderful time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, um, that's one thing I say to a lot of younger people is the danger of the internet. 
like you, bec- you can become a meme awful easily. I never understood how that didn't become a meme. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, yeah. you'd live your entire life, and that's what you would be remembered for. Do you know the guy who yes. called them shots or something yes. like that? Yes. Ah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, stuff. But it's like even when you look at something like the media, the the the, the attention span doesn't last very long. No, not no. Not to get no. too controversial. But even the whole Joe Biden's laptop thing or whatever was going on there four weeks prior to an election, there's like all of a sudden they're just talking about Trump being throwing tantrums and uh, why won't he get out? But no one's mentioning <laughs> No one. It's it's like um do you remember you never came across that Jordan Peterson fella or that I have, I like him. He's very intellectual. I like the way he handles people. Aye, but he's just completely fell off the radar. I only read an article the other day that like, he was suffering from chronic depression or something and wow. he got addicted to benzos and he was in rehab in Did Russia. There's no word no at the top. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's intriguing. Yeah. Now, I'll have a look into that. That's interesting because he, he pops up on YouTube sometimes for me, but obviously it's old. Yeah, but look at that. I would have... Um, what, what spiked my interest in it was, do you know, um, I read his book, um, I think it's 12 Rules for Life or something like that. And uh, one of the rules was to keep your room tidy, you know, keep a tidy room. And then the other day it just popped up on my feed and there he was in an absolute, uh, well, it's a kip, like. And then it's going on and then I, I read into it and it turns out he's kind of just fell off the wagon entirely. Do you know? Well, you teach what you most need to learn sometimes, isn't it, right? Well, that, this is the thing, like, uh, it was the person had shared it and they were taking the piss and I felt, you know, it's very easy. It is easy to hit a hair time in your life. And I just put up a little comment. I says, um, do you know, does not following your rules and, it, you know, ruining your life not show that the rules were correct? Do you know? And, and you're fucking human, right? Yeah. But you yeah. see... There's far more people who are willing to attack you when you're down than, you know, like they're willing to attack you at all times. But it's like when you see someone who's gone down, leave them alone. Do you know, the life, life is life. You're, you need help in that situation. You don't need people saying, oh, look at this bollocks. You know, you don't need that. Like. Salt in the wounds. Yeah, but that's, that's, there is a degree of that in um, society now that I don't agree with. Like I would have been a great believer in, you know, I, I'll attack the government and I'll attack, you know, multinationals and all that all day long. But if you see someone badly <laughs> off, you can kind of turn around and say, well, if you don't have something nice to say, just leave them alone. Say yeah. nothing. Yeah. Because what's the sense? Like, you're, that person has a family. That person has, you know, like, that's one thing I'm conscious of. When you see someone do a video or something on the internet, I try not to criticize too much because, you know, you don't know what their situation is and they have a family who read them comments and all that and it's as well to be nice. You're better off. It is, but some of the the comments on the internet can get quite wild, right? It's like some of the people, like I remember Russell Brand saying before, like, at what point in the video that you're watching on YouTube that you put on, do you want to stab me? (laughs) You know, if he doesn't stop, if he doesn't, I'm gone. And then at some point they're just flipping out and putting it all into words. And on yeah. the screen, stick. Just, just knock the video off. Well, you see, my whole entity of the internet is people have got far too comfortable in comment on, on anything without the aspect of that person could punch me in the face. That's it. Because yeah. if you said the things you say on the internet in a pub to a fella, he'd flatten you. And 
that whole aspect has gone out of people's minds, do you know? Yeah. Like, I'm surprised there isn't more murders, uh, do you know, capitulated out of the internet. I really am. Finding your location on Snapchat and just rocking up outside your gaff. Yeah, but <laughs> like some of the things people say are horrible. They're absolutely horrendous. And I'm just like, if someone said that to me, to me face, they wouldn't. Like one guy there, he said a lot of derogatory things about me. <laughs> I was in Ballastair one day in Molly Fulton's, the restaurant or that. I just landed over to the table. And I said, you know, these things you're saying about me. And he goes, oh, because he was there with his wife. Do you know? I says, will you say them to me now? And he wouldn't. I says, you're a fucking coward. And that's the truth. Yeah. That's what they are. They're cowards. But very interesting know, time we're living in, right? On so many levels. It's interesting in a lot of aspects, but there's an aspect of it too that you have to kind of wonder about is like, we're all very wound up in trying to help the world and help people see things and trying to get our own opinions across and all that. And I do wonder at times, is it, is it, is it useful at all? Do you know what I mean? Really like Gandhi said, uh, one of those, I think it was Gandhi, if you want to start with yourself, the, the, yeah. quote, the quote escaped me right now, but if you want to change the world, change yourself, basically. Yeah, well, I've seen be that. Be an inspiration. Yeah, well, I've seen that in a great Western one time, uh, fella, he says, <laughs> the Mexican lad came in and the map was thrown out and he laid down on the map and the Irish fella said, hey, he says, that's your country you're lying on there. He says, aha, my country country is my family that's it he's right he's damn right it's easier it's easier to like what do you leave behind you in this life only your influence on your own family and if you have a life where you garnered a bit of public attention you might influence a few more people but that's about it you know you never see a horse with a toe bear on it you're not going to bring what you've done with you that's the holy all of it and your money What's the what's the oh, so when it, it, <laughs> in that video, right? What you're doing construction still still a part of you? Politics yeah. was before that. Oh God! Or are you still dabbling yeah, in politics? So you're talking about westerns there, right? So you have, a, you have a very wise head on your shoulders for a young man, and a bit of politics, a bit of construction, we, a bit of fucking. We're we're into a, we're into a bit of everything at the moment. We're doing a bit of construction <laughs> consultancy, believe it or not. Ireland, England, and Australia. We're doing a bit of financial consultancy. We're on the markets, and we're in talks of opening a brokerage in London, hopefully. So when you say we're doing we, okay. when you say <laughs> we, have you got a crew or what are you? Myself, we have a few like-minded individuals. That's Love the it. easiest way of saying it. A few like-minded individuals who meet up, and we're all kind of going towards one goal, which is to leave our families better off than they are now, and. We try and try and try to help people as best we can, but people, it's like there's this mental block at the moment, Jonathan, where people really don't want to believe what is not no longer the truth, it's just undeniable. And they don't want to believe it. So where is the benefit in banging your head against a wall to try and bring people along with you? Why don't you just go yourself and then they can you see? Oh, yeah, holy yeah, shit. And that's what, we'll play. That's, what, that's, what, that's what I'm playing here is because 
we all want to help people. We have to do, first of all, we have to check where's that coming from. Who, what do we want to save? Everybody, save yourself first. Get get that shit right. But there's also an aspect that cares. I feel when you when you've kind of came up a level, and not that you're better off than anybody's below you, but when you raise out with something like for me anger, I raise a bit of anger into more of a neutral place. I can see things differently. So I understand yeah. the anger. I understand the frequencies or the emotions lower than that. So there's lots of people right now who are very confused, very misled. And if you're yeah. going out and inspiring by investing or building your farm, farm or on the acreage there, you're in it for for the want of a metaphor. You're like that fucking lighthouse, so that anyone oh, that's lost at sea can find you, you know. And you can have the conversations, you can spark and pop the bubbles. But with regards to trying, it's pushing shit uphill. You can't convince. Like there's a there's a, there's a problem for every solution with a lot of people out there. Yeah, that's the trouble you see. That was me seven years ago in the, in the construction site, man. Seven years ago, when I had me son. I was finding out all these truths that I'm in, going into work, and I'm leaving absolutely exhausted. Because I'm, I'm, I'm enthusiastic about what I'm finding out about all different stuff from money, emotions, banks, spirituality, personal development. I'm sharing it, but I'm, I'm talking to a blank ocean. Even though there's someone there bobbling in their head, like, like listening and, and looking like they're listening. Take it on board. It's That's just, yeah, it's like a 747, as me dad would say, straight over the head. Yeah, well, the best uh, thing I can say is we met a guy over in Wales, Mick Graham, and I have the height of time and respect for the man. He was our landlord in Wales. And he was a very well-off man. Do you know what I mean? Very well-off. He was farming and he had worked for years with Irish people on the tunneling mostly because he was a former coal miner. Very interesting character. And he had a very big and he had put mobile homes for workers on it and he had holiday homes built and like he, he took a shine to me and my friend because we came over and what he seen was a rarity he seen it years ago but he didn't see it in modern times we were 19 and 18 respectively we had gone over and we were working the first two weeks whilst living in the back of our van <laughs> on a building site yeah, and, they don't make it like they used to, right? <laughs> no, actually, he's actually a Jamaican guy, and I don't mean it in a derogatory term or anything, but his, his nickname was Black Mick, and we used to call him that, Black Mick, because Mick was his name. He let us sleep in the canteen and that then because there was heating in it. So this Welsh guy knew what we were doing, and he came to us one Friday and he says, I have a mate, he says, who has mobile homes and that for rent and he says I can introduce you to him and we went and we met Mick and Mick changed the two of our lives because Mick took a little shine to us and he just showed us how the world operated and it was so much simpler with a little bit of guidance because we had came from Ireland we knew how to work and all that but we didn't know how to make money work for us and he put us on the right track of that he showed us what assets were and what investment was and um, good characteristics and just all of those things that not saying that our parents couldn't show us or that but they didn't know it themselves because exactly. yeah. they were working working class you know people who the only way they could see of getting forward was get a job and uh, save just save every week and uh, everything will be fine and they denied themselves anything they wanted to do whereas Mick Mick had a great time and still worked and done all these things, but he just knew how to make money work for him, yeah. which is what he introduced us to. Do you know him? 
different the streams. Pressure, the pressure that takes off somebody's system trying to rear a family or something like that, even if it's a 10-year plan, you're starting a 15, 20-year plan, you're starting out in your 20s, like the pressure that that takes off by taking that initial step. Immense pressure. But you see, this, yeah. this is the trouble. Like I say, I have a fundamental problem with the education system in this country. I cannot understand why for maybe two hours in the week, just in the week, they couldn't get in a successful business person to talk to the kids. To just say, totally with you. yeah, I know what you're doing here and I know you have these goals and you all want to be scientists or you want to be this, that, or the other thing. And that's great. But here's how easy it is to do things if you just listen to me. And that's all that's to it. Like once you... So once why you, is that? The, why is that? What's your answer? To that? Like, why is the skill that way? Because... Huh? Eight hours educate, a day. <laughs> yeah, because it was set up to provide workers. It's not provided. It's not set Looking up for Ford or something, right? Yeah, like yeah. Ford straight out of school and into a, a nice pension job where you're just on the on the on the production line every single day. Yeah, but you see, the whole education system was set up in an economy that no longer exists. That's the trouble. You and know, you mentioned the- that in your video: thirty-five to forty children, one teacher. Yeah all expected to grow and go along at the same way. It's something I say all the time, so I resonate with that message deeply. Yeah, logically, from a, from a common sense point of view, I don't know how we got far, so far away from normality or common sense. Well, you see, the trouble with, like, I... I you got left. a DJ, you got a guitar player, you got a penis, you got a footballer, you got an athlete of some kind, and you're telling him, he's basically telling him in a not-so-direct way that he's stupid. Yeah, because he because his arithmetic or his maths or English is not is not there, or he doesn't give two hoots about English, right, <laughs> or yeah, history but, or whatever. But you have you have the people then the likes of myself for that. I left school early because I knew fundamentally it wasn't for me. Same. Because I had I had a discussion with the principal. The principal actually <laughs> had a discussion with the principal. Sixteen years old. He he called me in because he knew I was leaving, and believe it or not, I was actually academically fairly good. And he nice. told me, he said, uh, "You shouldn't leave." He says because you know they they knew I was passing exams and not studying for them. I they knew, that. <laughs> and uh, he says you shouldn't leave. He says you should, you know, center your mind and all this. And I says right, and if I center my mind, I can get a job like you one day. Oh, yeah, job like me. And I says, oh, that's good. And I says, how much do you earn? And he didn't want to say. And that's, that's where I drew the line. I says, you have pigeonholed yourself into a career where you will only earn a certain amount that's of money. That's fucking wise, bro. That's yeah. a wise young man. Yeah, but they don't, they don't want to talk to you. You talk to any teacher. You They're broke constantly. his brain, man. He went home that night and go, he, he was like, this little fucker's aren't this up here. My brain is focused, man. My brain is centered. It's like this is not yeah. where I'm leaving it. You know? Yeah, but you see, this is the problem as well. And I do try to tell people because, you know, I believe in women's rights and I believe in all of that. But I think feminism makes some very stupid points at times. And it's actually holding women back to think that they're being. Um, you know, that there's this big plan against them. There's not. One of the biggest problems with the pay, the pay gap between women and men is women in far greater numbers go into careers that are not scalable. 
All right. They go into a career like a nurse or, you know, a teacher or things like that. They're not scalable. They're, you're going to make a certain amount of money per year. That is it. Right. Whereas a lot of men, you see a lot of men with construction companies. You see a lot of men with companies that are scalable. All right. That's changing, right? Have you got a statistic on that? Or are you like... It's not changing really, no. no. <laughs> to be honest about it, no. It's a very slow grind, but uh, predominantly you don't see CEOs. I feel some women, I feel some women give it out right now. I can sense it. <laughs> they can give out No, I don't. But do you think that's true in, in the social media era? I mean, I know, I know a lot of movers and shakers in the internet space now. Very scalable. Oh, it is, yeah. Have you got a, I'm just wondering, have you got a stat on that? Like, have you got... What no, you no. I'm only... It's a point of view. I'm not yeah, going I to say... It's an epic... <laughs> I love it. But from what I have seen, and I imagine... If you look into it, I'll imagine you'll see the same thing. The CEAs of Fortune 500 companies, or CEOs, are generally men. Yeah. That, that's it. And it's not because they're better at the job. It's because to be a CEO of a company, you need to be a fucking psychopath. You need Stress. to be, Yeah. You need to be the type of person who's willing to leave their dinner table at any minute to answer a call from, I don't know, Tibet or Tokyo mm. or someplace like that. <laughs> Women are not assholes. And that's why you don't see them as CEOs. Because if you're a CEO of a major company, you're an asshole. That's how you're there. You have out-assholed everyone else. That's how you get to that position. No other reason. It's not because you're that much smarter than the people who are on the board or anything like that. It's just because you're willing to go to places where other people aren't. That's it. Step. That, that, uh, do you see that business model lasting in this fucking... No. No, neither do no, I. No, I think... It's what breaking people mentally and emotionally as well as family dynamics. And I think that even kids watching that, there's so many different aspects that's kind of breaking that. There's no way way of fucking standing on people to get to the top and losing yeah, friends at levels. And but I had that conversation with a man there two years ago. He was a what is the word for it? Kind of an agent over a couple of different areas, and we were putting in fiber optic cable and that. And uh, one day we had to bring it up two stories, so there was like an apple tree or something in the garden, you know. And uh, I went up on a stepladder and I flicked the wire over the apple tree. He had taken a picture of me and he came over, he came over to get me to sign the paper. And I said, what, what, what am I signing here for? Oh, he says, you didn't uh, put on your harness and that when you went up on the stepladder. So I says, you're after driving. This is in Donegal. I says, you're after driving from Dublin to Donegal to take a picture of me throwing a wire over an apple tree. So you can send it back to the guys in Dublin and pretend that you're doing a job. And he goes, oh, well, there's no need for that. And I said, you are an asshole. <laughs> and that's, that's as sad as it is. You have people who are willing to do that. Do you know? It's, 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 it's genuinely mad. It's, it's genuinely depressing is what it is. Because if you think... That as well. <laughs> if you think that someone, someone could actually see that as a career, do you know what I mean? Taking photos of people making mistakes is a career now. Man, it's 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 it's, it's not even a judgment. It's actually the way it is. It's an observation, right? There's, there's even younger lads coming out 21, 22 years of age in the health and safety uh, outfits and brand new steel toe caps and coming on and telling a lad who's on site's fifty years how to yeah, use a, a ladder or whatever. You know? 
No, but that's wrong. Like what it's I, mad. I, I made the, I made the assertion uh, over in England. We had two health and safety officers. We had one health and safety officer who had worked as a pipe player for twenty years, and he had an accident, and uh, he lost part of his hand. And he went back to college and he'd done health and safety at work, all right? And then the other guy was fresh out of college, as you said, and the guy who had lost his hand had a little bit of understanding of how some things, you can't do everything perfect. Do you understand? Yes. It just can't be done. It was like, for instance, there one day, we put in a sewer line and Unilever Brothers did the crowd, they make shampoo and Norse soup and <laughs> all this fucking malarkey. And... Um, Anyways, we went on to another job. Uh, there was another crew starting to finish off the sewer line. We were called back because they had hit a problem. So I landed with my mate, two of us in the sprinter or that, and there must have been 30 people in uh, green coats looking in a hole. And we landed down. And the line had ended. The machine driver was there. He had dug past it. There was fiber optic. There was old BT cables, a gas line, a water main. If you name it, it was there. And we looked down into the hole as well. And the head guy came over, the guy who like owns Unilever, that he said, uh, rang your boss. He says, you're the man to tell us what to do here. And I says, yeah, fuck off for a while. He says, what? I says, take all your brand new coats and leave. And I'll call you when the pipe is in. And he says, okay. So that was it. You know, health and safety runs until it doesn't work. That's it. Occasionally, it won't work. It's too much okay. thinking. Uh, the layers of that, there's so much overthinking, there's so much justifying positions, creating jobs, creating employments. And, and it's mad. That's why I, I really think a lot of that's breaking in this. I don't think a lot of this. Like, even now, how many people are working from home right now? This is what I'm saying, though. But even I'm if you're hoping, I'm hoping, and, and I'm optimistic, I suppose. Hoping is not the right word. I'm optimistic about the. The stupidity and the just like for example, where I'm where I'm kind of going with that because it's very layered. Where and, and I love these conversations because they can kind of break it down in a way. Yeah, someone could be very passionate. Any one of those thirty people could have been passionate about anything, right? Yeah. And they but but they're leaving. Cert told them what they were able to apply for. Yeah. So they had to go for their fourth choice, which ended them getting them into a role that's like probably six figures. Yeah. That's what they end up having to do. And it just yeah. leads to problems. Of course it does. So, and it's it, coming back down to the school. It's like the jobs in the school. It's like, why, don't, why not ask somebody what they would do for free every year of their teens in school? You know, and really tap into what the passions are and kind of talk about or somehow monetizing that. Well, never, you see, there's another aspect of it that's never transpired to people. And you see, you know, massive companies, you know, Amazon, Facebook, all of those things. Them companies were created by men working for free and women do you know didn't work for money in the beginning you have to put in hours and hours and days and days to get that up and running for for nothing for no seen it in here yeah, yeah but you see yeah if you, if you say that to a young person in secondary school right imagine me turning around and saying you come to work for me i'm not going to pay you for three years but i guarantee you, i'd leave you in such a way that you're going to be a millionaire someday. They wouldn't bother. Why one would they? Ten, one in ten, two in ten people. There's a, there's a couple of lads. Like there's you going to the UK doing that, right? 
one I'd, of the I'd, hum- I'd walk for there was a time there where if I would have walked for a real estate agent for free yeah. for a year or three just to kind of grasp fully the property. Yeah. Then responsibilities happen. You have kids and stuff, right? But there, there is kids there that would that would that would definitely um, do it. Leap on that, but it's very small number, and that even comes back further to the whole what school actually is, and it's yeah. so left brain, and it's so like rem- remember your two times tables, remember this word, remember geography, even though you don't give a shit about it, and we'll never use it for most people. And there's so much memory used that you can't actually see what Steve Jobs could see. Mm. Acid probably acid probably helped him, right? Let's be honest. He took a lot of well, fucking LSD. Yeah. Well, I well I'll tell you, like the biggest problem I see with um, education, and I had an interesting talk with a, a retired history teacher, nice. and I said to him, "How many times did the history change whilst you were teaching it?" Because I know. <laughs> so, like, take America, take the discovery of the new world, for instance, right? Um, first of all, it was Christopher what Columbus. What a question, man. <laughs> first of all, it was Christopher Columbus, or Columbus, as Columbus, as I, uh, discovered the new world with the Pinta, the Nina, and the Santa Maria. That was what was taught. Then, in a, then archaeologists discovered a Viking settlement in Canada that outdated Christopher Columbus by a significant amount. So then it was the Vikings. But then there well, was Native now, Americans there when he got there, right? This is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> then some other guy went well hold on a second none of those discovered it because there was people already there so they came over from Russia on a little walkway or something that joined up with Alaska and that's where they all came out apparently and <laughs> it's just such crap because like you take this book and you test young people on their ability to remember this book even though the book is bullshit yeah. And the guy teaching it knows it's bullshit because if the history teacher's interested in history, he knows it's bullshit. Do you know? Paycheck. Huh? Paycheck, mortgage, car in the Ch- garden, school, kids going to school. It's like a trap. <laughs> you get to a certain yeah, point and there's no return for you, right? <laughs> you see, you decide, like it gets back to the clock on the wall all the time. The clock is going round constant. You have to do something in your life. You have to do something. You don't want to leave this life without doing nothing. And instead of working and working and working to achieve that, you trade that all off for maintenance, basically. Enough to keep you fed and a roof over your head. J-O-B. Yeah. Just overbroke, isn't it? Just overbroke. And you're willing to trade everything for that. See, that's you what I'm know. saying. I'm trying to bring understanding because I got an image of my old, one of my old history teachers and I just saw... I, I, think, I genuinely think somebody is going and I can relate this definitely to midwives, right? But history, history teachers are genuinely usually curious about history, right? Probably yeah. landed with it, but the vast majority of them would be interested. But then all of a sudden, the history is changing and they know it's a lot of bollocks, as you say. But that happens so often, because, but it's too late. You've got the mortgage, you've got the kids, you've got the car, and a lot of people just feel stuck. Like, I mean, that's where a lot of my client base is coming from is, is how do you create a life and not just a living? But it's bananas yeah. because the midwife gets in to deliver babies and I've, we've had three. I haven't had any. Natasha's had three and it's like, when I watch them, the, the poor women, the midwives, are great at what they do but they, they spend so much time writing. Yeah. Exactly what happened at 701, 704, 716. And then the doctors come in and kind of, in a way, kind of bully them, call a shot that they know is bullshit. And I just feel like 
I don't make the system wrong, but it definitely try to not anyway. But it definitely traps people. It definitely yeah, takes people's young enthusiasm, and then by the time they realise it's a fucking scam, a lot of the time they're locked in. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but the thing with the midwives that you're on about there, it's the earth covering. Because they know out of, 100 out of 100 deliveries, someone's going to sue. Do you know what I mean? 100%. It's the same with those other 30 fuckers around the hole. This Every is time someone I... claims, that's another, that's another little aspect just to talk about more. The insurance. Every time something happens that has never happened before, a new policy is created. So someone can cover their ass that if that ever happens again, they've got it covered, right? Yeah, but do you, do you ever remember uh, accidents happen? Do you ever remember that? <laughs> that seems to be well and truly gone now, doesn't yeah. it? It's all yeah. Definitely in the workplace, that anyway, right? Yeah. Well, I think in the workplace. They work want to lock you up. Yeah, they want to do the safe want to. They, they talk about prison a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is like, it's like uh, I done that... Um, or traffic management or that, because when we were at utilities work, um, basically you had to put out signs and that. So you could no longer put out a cone in the sign, you had to have a ticket for it. <laughs> so I done that and uh, and it was, it was all prison. Everything was prison. <laughs> and by the end of it, I had the ticket done. And now when someone says to me, oh, do you have such and such ticket? I just go, no, no, I do not. And walk away. Mm. Because why would you bother? Yeah. You know, like, you've done a ticket to hang yourself. Because no matter what you do, it's going to be wrong. So yeah, that cone isn't exactly 90 foot from the first stop sign and someone comes and drives into a bunch of people, well, who put out the cone? Yeah. Oh, I did. Where was it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you were going to Mount Joy. Why? Yeah. Because this yeah. fucking Clem couldn't stop to care. That's, that's laugh or cry. It's laugh or cry at, at some of the stupidity. Well, you just... I'll be truthful about it. I think, um, like, I'm nearly finished going house here. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, my aspect with building from now on is I'd nearly rather buy the house, do the job myself, and fuck off, other than working for other people, because it's not it's not worth it anymore. It's really not. No. Wages aren't as good as what people think they're. Tax and you're in this... Huh? Tax is theft. Oh, stop. It's brutal. <laughs> the amount, there's another one with tax, like, and I, I'm my whole life trying to get this through to people, but the tax codes in every country are wrote by the wealthy, for the wealthy, okay? So unless you want to play by their rule, there's two rule books in every country. You don't, don't forget that. There's the rule for the poor and the rule for the wealthy. There's nothing stopping you from learning the second one. No one's going to teach it. You have to look into it yourself. But you'll get there yeah, if you want piece. to. Yeah. You'll keep more of your income from it. As I said, it's very cheap in this country to set up as a limited company. It's very cheap to do that in this country. And I don't understand this whole gig economy without people setting themselves up as limited companies. It doesn't make sense to me. Gig because economy, what do you mean? Like sole trader, self-employed? Sole trader, yeah, but why are you a sole trader? Like, why don't you just go limited? What's stopping you? There's lots of beautiful um, opportunities that come along with that, right? Main thing to me, without going to, because I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I know that you can protect yourself or you can separate yourself from the company in a good way. Like, you can tell me if I'm wrong here in this country, but I'm not worked in Oz when I, when I first started learning all this. If my company has a hundred grand profit sitting in it at the end of the tax year, 
and I buy a house out of that money, I put a hundred grand down on a 500,000 euro house. My company has now gone into 400 grand debt and I haven't yeah. got the tax. I haven't yeah. got the tax because I'm in good debt. Mm-hmm. And if Orange. anything ever happens with any of them properties down the track, they can't come after my personal stuff. And if anything ever happens in my personal life, they can't mess with the company, separate entity. Or you could do another interesting thing. You can leave whatever profit you made. You can put it into an investment portfolio. It doesn't have to be invested in anything. It can be put into an account on the premise that you might invest it. Beautiful, I didn't know that. And then, is this true in this country then that when, if or when, as that keeps building, you keep building your, you know, your investments, your, your rent portfolio and your cash flow keeps building, you only have to pay the, the, the capital gains if or when you ever decide to sell the properties. Correct and right. Yeah, so never sell the properties. No. Just the same uh, same ripping, the, ripping the tax man legally excites the shit out of me, I have to say that. No, there's so many. It, the, and you just said it there like there's a rule. I didn't know that. I knew like, the other half live and I knew that the tax had lots of ways that you can play it. Warren Buffett says that it's an awful pity that my secretary pays more tax than I do. Wealthiest man yeah. on the planet. Every year. <laughs> Here's one here's one for you, you see, and I do try to explain this to people how 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 much they are being screwed like. The capital gains on a farm is between six to ten percent depending on the value of the farm, okay? And we have young people all over the country now doing a green certificate, okay? They're paying five to six thousand euros to do this green certificate. That goes straight to the government. They have to take they have to take a day off work every week for the two years they're doing it so they can go and listen to this bullshit. All right. Here's the loophole. 10 acres of land, go into any solicitor, rent 10 acres of land and have the contract for over five years. That allows you to get a herd number. Okay. An active herd number. As soon as you have an active herd number, anyone can leave you a place. Anyone. And it is Anyone not can so- leave you a place. What does that mean? Because my, my ears are pricked here. Let's say, let's say your father or your uncle or your neighbor or fucking chiropractor wants to give you a farm of land. They can leave that to you and you do not have to pay capital gains straight away because you have an activated herd number. So now the clock is ticking. As long as you farm that place for seven years, capital gains goes out the window. It's yours. Nice. And that's nice. how it is. All these laws were wrote by the wealthy for the wealthy because the wealthy don't want to pay tax. It's another all. class that they leave out of school. It's another, it's another class that they leave out of business and economics, right? Well, here's Mo- a most accountants. Most accountants wouldn't make more than 100 grand a year. They're supposed to be the money men. They know about money. Oh, listen, here's another one, right? Uh, forestry in this uh, country, profit on forestry is not subject to capital gains. Nice. So you can plant a lot of Christmas trees and... Torn them yeah. every seven to ten years. Yeah, it's not it's not subject to capital gains. What is capital gains on the average say even say something like stocks or bonds or cryptos? What's the average? 30, 40 percent? I don't know, I'm guessing. It's between, thir- it's between thirty and forty percent, but anyone who's actually serious in the game doesn't pay anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because the premise of it is wealth creation, not profit. If you understand me in that. Yes. yes. You know, like, here's an example what I done last week, okay? Uh, I knew XRP was going up. So you've heard plus 500 or that. Seen okay? it, I don't, know, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Plus 500 is ETF trade, 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Lady came to me. She said, I have a thousand and I've heard about what you've been talking about. She says, if I give you that, what are you going to do? I says, I want it for five days. And she says, okay. So I put in my first original thousand. I think the first night it went up by 34% or that. Then I took the profit that was made on that and I stuck back into buying another 2,500 threads of that. The moral of the story is yesterday we withdrew when it was 72 cents on the ETF on the share. She made 5,400. Right? Fucking nice move, man. Put that into her bank account. I told her, I can put that into your bank account now and you'll be subject to 34% capital gains on it. I says, instead of the, <laughs> I says, instead of doing that, I says, why don't we just transfer it into another steadier stock? And she says, okay, what are we going for? I says, we're not going for an ETF this time. We're going for silver. All right? Silver, you buy a 23% VAT if it's solid. Here's the best one at all. Gold is VAT, completely VAT-free. You can buy gold. It's one of the only things in the country that is VAT-free. Right? No, that. Thank you. Yeah. It's completely VAT-free. If you go on to bullion by post, the gold price you will pay is the gold price that it is on the market. There's no VAT added. There is VAT added on silver, but in my opinion, silver was at a ratio of maybe 10 to 15 to 1 historically. It's currently at something like 100 to 150 to 1, depending on the day. So that in comparison to? In comparison to the Romans, the Greeks, the Middle Ages... It, it was always a ratio of 10 to 15 to 1. Why is, okay? that? Why is, it, why is it not keeping up? Do you know? Because or what's your thoughts? They took it completely out of the monetary system for a start. Do you know? If you get a yeah. silver... No, it's not silver. All right? So the pound... You've heard of the pound sterling. All right? Yes. Well, the pound sterling was redeemable for one pound of sterling silver. That's why it was the pound sterling. And that's why it was the, um, what's it called, reserve currency of the world before the dollar, okay? But they got rid of backing it with sterling silver, and then it went to crap. Now the dollar is the reserve currency of the world. The dollar was backed by uh, gold, and then the Bretton Woods Agreement and what President Nixon done in 1972, they took away the gold standard on the dollar. You can no longer uh, redeem your dollar for gold. You can't. Because there's not enough gold to match how many dollars has been created. That's why, printed. That's, why, that's why the agreement was made with the Middle Eastern countries to uh, only sell oil in dollars because that gave the dollar the premise of having backing. That's why Saddam Hussein was gotten rid of. That's why Gaddafi was gotten rid of. They weren't gotten rid of because they were evil men. They were gotten rid of because they wanted to stop selling oil in dollars. Uh, Saddam Hussein wanted to sell it in euros and Gaddafi wanted to come up with a thing called the golden denier, which would have been Africa's first legitimate currency backed by gold. And he had enough gold. And there's another little scam there with the whole different countries and different currencies, because if you sell something in the USA to China, then they've got to create the same equivalent in their country with their currency, right? So it's kind of a double. Yeah, well, this is why cryptocurrencies have the opportunity of taking off, because let's say with XRP. Let's say I'm in Australia, okay, and I want to transfer money to um, Venezuela. Just, I know it's buckled, but it's yeah. just an Well, what I have to do is my bank or whatever user I use has to turn that Australian dollar into an American dollar. Then they have to send it to Venezuela or Nicaragua or whatever country it is, and then mm. they have to turn it from an American dollar into their local currency. 
all right? Seven to 10 days. Seven to 10 days, and you've lost out because it's not just one bank sending it to another bank. Yes. Five or six intermediary banks in between. Yeah. This is where the cryptocurrency comes in because I don't think Bitcoin will be useful for banking because there's 12 minutes of a delay, whereas XRP is instantaneous. Do you know, it's fairly instant. Do so you see... It, bit, go on, keep going, I'll ask you in a sec. Well, I think as well with Bitcoin as well, is because you can't derive the exact person it came from and it's very hidden in that, I don't think banking will adopt it because it's too handy for terrorism and money laundering and things like that, for governments to say, yeah, let's give that a license. That's why I think XRP and them coins is going to do well. Can you see Bitcoin taking off? Like if I want to buy it, if me, but metaphorically speaking, I want to buy a house off a friend of mine in Australia. A million, a million worth of Bitcoin. Or inst- no, at some point, do you see it working that way? Basically, the example I'm asking, do you see it working from me to him or from one person to another person and doing away with the bank altogether? I, I think that is what Bitcoin is striving to achieve. But I think it's a very it's a very large jump for people to go to. Yeah. You I love that idea, right? But here's, a, here's another question for you, right? Who created it and how can you trust it? There's loads of these things in life where they just appear and then there's just so much fate poured into this. So many different things. They just come and it's just like this story's given. Then there's, there's other stories where the likes of, I'm not going to name names, but there's companies using this kind of ledger system in the 80s and 90s, and then all of a sudden it comes out in the noughties, and it's like this thing that's brand spanking new, but it's not. People in the now know that crypto, cryptography and this kind of whatever it is, I might as well be looking into a field, but that's been around for a long time. So there's a little bit of like, could, could the person who created this not just rise from the dead or just appear one day and kind of keep everything or something, you know? That's the trouble with it as well, because Bitcoin's creator is meant to be completely anonymous. Yes. All right. No one knows who. And then (laughs) the other aspect of it as well is it could it could possibly it could well possibly be a pump and dump scheme. Now it's not the first time it's ever been like, and if it is, it is the grandest pump and dump scheme ever devised, because you're in a situation now where the timing is. Like, I'm not a great believer in coincidence or conspiracies beyond that. Like, coincide means to fit perfectly, as Wayne Doyle used to say. Yeah. Coincide. Well, I I think with the timing, because fiat currencies are so uh, rampantly overprinted in that at the moment, there is a danger that you could see a lot of people uh, taking actual wealth and actual assets, putting it into crypto on the premise of, this is it, I'm going to be a multi-multi-millionaire, everything's going to be good, and then the next thing, they drop. Do you know? Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm more of a believer in gambling on it, but to me, wealth will always be a home, land, gold, silver. I don't look at me home as an asset in a financial standpoint because it's not, it never creates money for you, but it's still nice to own one. Do you know what I mean? And then leverage that, it and own another one and add to that. Yeah, well, there's like I don't I don't buy into the whole thing of. Um, I think people need to get assets that in the future, if they need to have a loan or anything like that, that you know the whole legislation around house re- repossession and everything in this country, it, it's gone to such an extent now 
there, I think you could see a lot of repossessions in upcoming. That's, That's one of them yeah. things that stays out in the news. But I have a few people in my sphere that um, show that all the time. There's videos of people being abruptly oh, yeah. removed from their home. Oh yeah, but, so, but see, that's even another conversation you could go down. That's so many people have been fucking fisted with properties in two thousand and eight ish. Yeah, you know they were so they were so sharp, and I think that again that, that just a real quick on that, I think a lot of that comes down to again information, being rightly informed. The people who were in the know would have never panicked there with the house prices and what they would have, they would have known what to do or say or who to talk to. Whereas the average man, my dad, my my, my community or whatever, if they bought at that peak. Some people aren't back to that price yet. No, no, but you see, I remember... Fucking nuts. Well, you see, it, it all boils down to you have to... If you are going to be unsuccessful, you have to see trends. You have to remember trends. And you have to remember the figures from the times. Like, our firm, our original firm, 36 acres, one house, bought for 56,000 punt in 1994. Fucking Value... Lovely. Valued in 2005 at 1.1 million. All right. There was a table discussion held and we thought, well, maybe we can just cash out and buy it back again because this is going to collapse. And then in the latter end, we decided amongst the family, we decided, no, no, we'll hold on. We'll hold on. I'll never forget. There was a young lad came to us that time and he liked one field we had for a site. Do you know what I mean? And he said to me, Father, he said, uh, I'll give you a hundred thousand euro for that site. And my father told him, No, he says, Don't. He says, What do you mean? He says, Go and buy a house or do something else. He says, Don't give me a hundred thousand for that site. But how many people done that that time? Do you know what I mean? I, how I was a little bit younger, but I just hear some stories or some crazy stories, and there was a lot of people in a lot of professional places who knew exactly what was coming and handed out anyway. So fair play to your father. <laughs> Well, I I remember there, uh, we were doing a shed on the street. Hold on one second there, I'm just sticking this phone onto charge. We were doing a shed on the street, and we had the money to do it uh, fairly easily ourselves. But ACC, you've heard of that bank? Yep. They were doing, they were doing a very low interest rate um, loan at the time. And because we were generating income on the farm, we needed a loan to write off against tax, naturally enough. You needed some sort of expense. We had a tractor it was paid for all those things. So you need something to write off. Do you know what I mean? So he went in to get, I think it was 20,000. And he would have had enough for the deposit. And, then, you know, he would have been fairly okay. He was working full-time. Mam was working full-time. And they said to them, if you don't get 50,000, it's not worth doing the paperwork. That was in 2003. And he says, oh, yeah. Well, he says, that's good. Uh, your one says, you can do your shed and you can get a car and all this kind of malarkey. He says, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. He left the meeting. He came home. i never forget it. And ma'am says, oh, did you get the thing? And he says, no. He says, and you might go in tomorrow and close them accounts if that's all right. So smart man. people were being talked into it. But you see, dad had been in England for years. Dad had been successful. He had seen the boom in England. He had seen the bust in England. It's it's cycle every every it's a boom and bust cycle. That's how capitalism works. Yes. You need to get in when it's down, and you need to follow the trend up. Now, what we're going to have at the moment is house prices are exorbitantly high as well. Now they haven't returned to the peak that they were in the two thousands, but they should never have been at that peak anyway. 
you're going to see a situation here now in this country where nobody's going to have money. People are going to be very, very badly off. The banks won't have much money to give out. And then what's going to happen with the house prices? Because there's a ferocious need of housing, but there isn't a ferocious supply. I think you could see an awful lot of commercial buildings and buildings like that being revamped into housing. I think that's where the money is going to be. Nice. There's a lot of people making moves in this country that aren't Irish. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. But uh, Jonathan, you have to boil it down. We could talk until the cows come home about all that's wrong, and we could talk, but we know what's wrong, and we can talk all day about what's coming down the line, and it's going to be horrible and all that. But a good crisis cannot be wasted, you know. And the elites of this world are already talking about the global reset and all this malarkey of crap. The ordinary person here in this country now needs to be considering what they can do for their own house and how they can come out of this better as opposed to worse. That's yes. it. Yeah. You know, that's where it is. And with that being said, I think on cryptocurrencies, I think a lot of people are going to lose money. Like you said, they're going to put their as they, like their house and stuff into it. And not everybody's going to get in at the right time and get out at the right time. But there is going to be a hell of a lot of money to be made. On, oh, the a, on the volatility and on the bloody mooning, as they call it. <laughs> but you see, it's not for someone who hasn't been watching it for the past four or five years to jump into. That's no. what you see an awful lot of, like I'd be the first to say, well, it's a safe haven. It is a safe haven in a turbulent time because you could take my example for the last week. I have to be here working. I have to be here with tradespeople and all that to tell them what to do. So I can't be out generating my own income because I'm here. Do you get me? Mm -hmm. I'm able to generate an income from the cryptos whilst I'm here in the evenings by just looking at the trend lines and saying, oh, well, I'll stick in so much there now. I know that'll be up so much tomorrow. Do you know? Yeah. I think people have to look at it that way, but like taking out your life savings, this is the danger. This is the predominant danger I see. I think all the pension funds are insolvent and I don't think governments are denying that at all. I think a lot of pension funds will pay out small, yeah, smaller uh, lump sums to people. And then the guy who just thought of two years ago, I'm going to get a little brokerage for myself and this money is coming down the line and I'll talk old Mary down the road into handing me 30,000 euros. That's going to happen. That is going to happen. And it's not regulated in this country enough. It's really not. No, it's it, it, and, and 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 I was about to say there a second ago that the reason why crisp cryptos are compounding any interest over time or investing doesn't seem to work is because we want that instant gratification, and yet at this it's contradictory. At the same time, the same mentality invests in a fucking pension that they're probably never going to be able to get. <laughs> it makes no sense. Well, I. I've um, I fervently haven't believed in pensions in six or seven years, and my biggest problem with pensions is they're incredibly hard to get money out of. Yes. Do you know what? If you have you t you would have worked on union jobs. Do you know um the construction workers pension scheme or that is on them? Do you know? Back in the day, yeah. You try and ring them and ask for that money. You try. I'm, I'm, not I'm a friend. That's a that's a that's a in the pension industry. He's a good lad and it's just, it's so much, he's kind of in the know of knowing what's about to go pop 
and if he knows people who are in that, he can kind of move them into something that's a little bit more sustainable. But it seems like it's like it's like the fucking air guy and the and the and the phone guys every year they're just trying to steal each other's business. You know, it just goes from one to another. They're knocking around on the doors every single year. Yeah, but you see, this is it's <laughs> all the premise of nonsense as well. Uh, pension funds are insolvent. You know, on a grand scale, they're insolvent, and it all boils back to. The pensions were invented mostly by the Victorians. And the reason they picked the age 65 was because most people wouldn't reach it. So you paid into it until you were 40 or 50. You popped your clogs with cholera or something. You weren't going to get it anyways. So the odd person who got... It's fucking rootless, isn't it? A lot of people find that hard to believe that there's people out there with that kind of an intention. But that is rootless and I believe you. (laughs) And then the odd person who reached it, who got to the 65 more than likely they had probably had 10 to 12 children who were now working and paying into a pension and knowing full well, well, he might live until he's and he'll pop the clogs and out of them 10 or 12 children that he had, maybe two of them will get a pension out of it. it. It's a Ponzi scheme. That's all it was. But you see, modern life, what happened in modern life was, especially in Ireland, Ireland was the worst country you could pay into a pension ever. Because we had such a strong sense of Catholicism out in the rural areas and the urban areas and that, people had massive families and then those massive families emigrated and the ones who stayed had small families. So, like, your average family size now is one to two, okay? One to two kids, that's your average family size now. Well, what's going to pay the pensions? And now we are coming into a stage where automation and technology have done away with the requirement for a lot of the workforce. What's going to pay the pensions? They're insolvent. They're completely insolvent. The pension funds in this country are probably four or five billion insolvent. Like I said that figure at the last election, Afina Fall TD agreed with me. And he said, James is right. Uh, the pension funds are in serious bother. That's why there was such talk about the pension age being increased. He says, every year we make a surplus, it'll have to go into the pension funds. Well, what do you do? There's no surplus this year. There's 19 billion of his deficit. And Fianna Fáil committed to not raising the pension age. Like in the election, people were saying, well, what age do you think it should be? But personally, I don't know what age it should be because they're insolvent, which means no one's going to get them. So why argue about the age and maybe look at the figures and realise they can't be paid? It's a, what, it's do you say, what do you say to the Irish people there who are kind of on the end of that hook, just being reeled in slowly? Nothing you can say to them. They've spent their entire life believing what they've read in the newspaper and then the likes of me comes around and they don't want to hear it. No, you're a whack ball. You're, yeah. you're, you're gone. We lost them. See, <laughs> the, you, can, you can argue about it all you want. But as I said, at some, you know, everyone will say, oh, well, even the squirrel finds a nut the odd time, do you know? A blind squirrel or that. I have so many fucking nuts gathered into the one place now. It's, it's like a, a plethora of nuts and people just shouldn't pass a blind bit of heat. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Where do you go with that? Like, uh, Where's your I, career I, with politics? Where's your career with politics? Where did that start or end? Or what's the gig with that? Are you in and out? Or are you over it or what? Well, no, I'll keep it up, but I don't ever see me getting anywhere with it because I tell people the truth. They don't want to hear it. Do you know, I, I went... To several meetings there, uh, I was at an IFA meeting, an Irish Farmers Association meeting, and they were there eating the face of these politicians looking for more money for farming. 
And I just went, well, hold on a second. These are the same people who sold the oil and gas industry. <laughs> the same people who closed down the sugar and you're asking them for money. It goes back to the what the, you see, I'm in trouble now in Sligo because I said I, it was ran in the Sligo champion, voters branded imbeciles. There! Because it's like that American president said, if Washington is full of idiots, the public is well represented. It's the, the truth. They keep voting for them. So what, what do you expect when you keep electing people who have never done anything for you and aren't never. going to do anything? And not only no. have they never done anything for you, but they knock on your fucking hall door and tell you whatever you want to hear every four years and then get in and give you one little piece of, ah, oh, Bertie was great, wasn't he? he? done this. No. No, he had to give you that. But look at what he was doing over here. That is, is, I never, I could never grasp as a kid. It's like, ma'am, ma'am, I say, ma, did he, is that not the guy who done that? Did he not, making this up now, put his hand up, that woman scared there last week. What's the story? How, how come he said they're getting a royals? Or how come he said they're getting a promotion? Or how come he said they're getting, it's working out for him? It's just so forgetful. Within a week, yep. a month, it's just like, it's just like, and it's been yeah. decades of that. Yeah, it's, but, but it's, what's your it's answer a, then? How does that work? Well, it works in the following way. It's a constant look. You have to realise in a modern society, why the politicians, the vast majority of politicians are there to shift the blame away from what's actually going on. That's why they're there. You know? Puppets, yeah. Yeah. Well, you see, you have massive corporate companies. Like, you take the corporates who are set up in this country. Intel, Facebook, Google. We have them all because we have the lowest corporate tax rate in the world. They run the show. <laughs> everybody, everybody in the world knows that. Bar the yeah. Irish people, right? They run the show. And, and an American speaker said that before. I went to watch real quick. I watched an American speaker come to Ireland before, and he literally said to the audience of Irish people, three or four hundred people in the room, everybody in the world knows how great it is to have a company here. It's really cheap on taxes. The only people that don't seem to know that is the Irish people. So fuck's sake. Yeah, but the, the, what, I, what I realized from my thing you know, that original video going back to it was, and I've never had an issue with it since. I, I went after about two months of that, I came home, I wanted to fix things, I wanted to see the Irish people and say this is wrong and this is that and the other. And then I realised, well, hold on a second. If I just play by their rules, what the fuck can they do to me? So I started studying it and I started, and it's worked. Do you know? Like play the amount yeah, the amount of people who go to me, oh, you can't say that, or you can't do that. Yeah, you I can. I just did. I just did. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. nothing's going to happen. because I'm, I'm like that. Well, I said that there at a meeting. We were at a, it's a, a firm called Save Leithrum, all right? And they do mighty work. They do mighty work because they've seen Leithrum uh, is being absolutely planted with trees at the moment. I don't know, is this common knowledge or anything? But, Beautiful county. Uh, I've only seen it for the first time this year. Well, it's a beautiful county and it's been absolutely decimated with planting trees and uh, you would have seen the bog slide that came down off a mountain. Well, that wasn't a bog slide. That was an entire forest that ran off a hill because it should never have been planted. But um, this same group were saying, oh, we know what's going on. They didn't know what was going on. They knew their county was being planted. I don't know why. Um, we have some of the plans in the loop now for being the data center of the world because we have a temperate climate. Uh, we're not near a fault line for earthquakes. 
and we've been neutral in nearly every war in the 20th century. So we're a fairly safe place to put data. And uh, these data centers for cooling them, it requires a massive amount of electricity. So you take the Amazon one at the moment, there could be three or 400 guys working on that building it. When it's up and running, it'll take about 30 or 40, and there won't be Irish people because Christ above, there isn't anyone qualified in the country to do the job. Mm -hmm. It'll be brought in to run it. Now that data center is going to use 5% of the current electricity in this country. All right, 5%. Here's the rub. Under European legislation, you have to do a carbon offset. So if you were Amazon and you want to build this data center and you're going to emit this amount of carbon by using it, you have to come up with some kind of carbon offset or they're going to tax you an exorbitant amount of money for carbon. So what did they do? Well, they look around Ireland and they find the cheapest place to buy land, which is Leitrim, and they plant it. That's, so, that's, they, so they say, this is what I'm doing for the country that I'm doing this in. I'm giving yeah. back. Is that what you're saying? Giving, I'm giving back by planting more trees to create more fresh air whilst no, I go over here. Yeah, well, Amazon doesn't say it. Amazon is fairly neutral on it. They just know that they need to buy land and plant trees on it. But then we have a bunch of fucking puppets that go around saying, well, the environment. It's not about the environment. It's, it's, it's all the about environment. That's, that's the, it's the environmental issue. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm blue in the face saying this to people. But you see, I worked in the industry, which gives me a little bit of insight on it. The first big job I worked on, the per first proper big civil job, was a power station below in Wexford. It was a gas a gas steam combined turbine in Great Island. And it was Scottish Southern Electric who done it that time. And uh, this was all part of the next generation going on in Ireland. And it was meant to be uh, windmills and wave power and all this. Well, it actually transpires that's not reliable enough for running data centers. So what did we do? We done a big undersea cable straight to France because you know what never turns off nuclear. So that's how it is. We're importing nuclear energy. We're just cabling. That's what's going on. This is such a beautiful little island, and there's so much. There's so much. What? There's so much. I don't want to say sleeping people. I don't want to say. I don't know what I want to say, but there's so many of us that's just oblivious. Listening to the fucking tripe on the news and just going about our day. I'm all right, Jack. Doesn't affect me. And even in fucking silly season 2020, it does affect you. And there's still fuck all happening, right? Or else there is stuff happening. And I, and, and I know they all mean well the majority of the time. And protesting and stuff like that. But it's all set up. We can see it's all set up. So the non-conformists, the non-conformists are almost non-conforming just for the sake of rebelling. Yeah, but, but where that's that's another dangling carry. You're supposed to do that. We we know you're going to do that. We have that set up for you to be the pain in the ass. So we can actually blame you on the news for being the pain in the ass, and you're you're the cause of the X, Y, and Z. And they use you. They use the nonconformists. They use the people who protest a lot of the time. Very intelligent people. But there's so much fucking magic in this country. Oh, there is, but it's completely and utterly held back, and that's why I always say, um, well, I like think it's waking up. I'm optimistic, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, why, that's why Irish people do well when they emigrate alright that's why you have so many heads of construction and property development in England and Australia and America 
to have so many wonderful people in other countries because you take that spark of brilliance, you take that down to earthness, and you take that, uh, do you know, what's the word for it now? Do you know, it's a way of coming across that's friendly and ambitious and all of yeah. those things. All I Crack and Kyol, saints and scholars. Very yeah. receptive, very receptive to visitors as well for the, for the most part. Yeah. That's why we do well in other countries because uh, other countries allow the opportunity to express it, okay? So oh, That's a key piece. Go on, keep going. I love this. Well, in, in Ireland, it's held back because, like, I, I have spoken to so many older people in Ireland and I've seen an American come into a pub and the American brash and loud and they're... Delighted. Ireland. Delighted to be there. The, what's it called? You'll hear this old person say, oh God, they're hard listened to. And I'll say, man, they might be hard listened to my man. I says, but I guarantee you, he'll buy me a drink for the evening. And I'll walk over and I'll shake my hand and I'll say, my good man, welcome to my country. Are you long here? Who are you looking for? He'll tell you this big speed. You get him one drink. I'll tell you one thing. They'll keep coming to your table all night. And I have people by doing that because they'll say oh, you're, you're as bad as them you're not <laughs> I met a guy there this is the truth an American guy he married an Irish girl in America alright and uh, I went into my local one evening and I just heard the accent I looked over and I seen the good suit pants and the Ralph Lauren shirt and I thought this guy he's a guy to go over and speak to do you know what I mean so I went over talking to him and I says what line of business are you in he says, I'm a stockbroker. Oh, I said, very interesting. We talk about a few stocks and things like that. And he says, what line of business are you in? And I told him a few little aspects that I was doing. And I says, I would have always had interest in stockbroking and that. And he said, well, why don't you try it so I? And I says, well, I says, I, I, I might consider it. Give me a card. He says, anytime he says you'd like, you know, to come over or that, no problem. I'll show you the ropes and all that. So where was I going over to? Cayman Islands. That's where he was based. Nice. And he just met him in the local and never knew anything about him, only just met him in the local and had the decency to say hello to him and inquire what he was up to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where Irish people kick themselves in the ears completely in this country. Yes, I see what you're this saying. This kind yeah. of, especially down in some rural there's this clanism, you know, this is our place and they're the outsiders and all that. The world, the world is your oyster now, especially with the internet and all that. It's completely your oyster. And uh, the day people realise that, it'll be a better day, you know. We're the best fans in the world and the, probably the most begrudging bastards in the world at times. Both, both at the same time. But yet when we go, we're extremely uh, welcomed and friendly around the world. I, I, I think there's more to it. And it's not a conspiracy, but I just... There's so much magic in this land. And even it took me going to Australia for four years and coming back before I even appreciated it. Like I fucking, yeah. Ireland's a kip was my attitude going to Australia. And then me, you know, you'd bring people over, people, my dad come over, someone come over and you'd bring them around all the natural parks in Perth. I just said, I never done that in Ireland. And then when you do yeah. a little bit of that and you look at the coastline in Ireland, you look at the different places, this is actually a beautiful country. Yeah. It goes a little bit deeper to like, who the fuck built the Boyne Valley and all these stone circles and all this like intelligence that was here that could line these different things up and they supposedly had no uh, technologies 
So there's so much mystery in the history here. And like, I mean, I've spoke to people who are high up in different places, especially specifically personal development and uh, training, uh, McDonald's CEOs and stuff like that. And he bring, they bring people here on retreats because there's a magic to the land. They call it the yep. heartbeat of the world. Some people say that Ireland is the heartbeat, the center of the actual world. And the, the mythology and all, like that fascinates me. You know, the, like, it's so mythical, so welcoming, and so suppressed all at the same time. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> but you see, it's like... It's like you talk about a jewel of the world, you know? And naturally, yeah. there is going to be a power struggle all the time to who's in charge of it. And that's the trouble in Ireland, because... Mm. We have, we have, like I, I described it, what the next 20 years in Ireland is, is basically the world has given us their infant child in the data centers. And there'd be a lot of people, myself included, who would think, ride that pony for all that it is. Do you know what I mean? And instead of that, we have our government who are inept. And they are inept because there's none of them able to decipher why it's happening here. Who's it's in charge here? Who's in, who's in charge here? It's not the fucking government. And I, and I don't mean that in any sort of conspiracy, but it's not Michal Martin. It's not. He couldn't, he couldn't organize a good show. God bless him. Nothing against the man, but when it comes to running the country or dealing with someone like Intel, for example, or, or the high up, creme de la creme CEOs who've been wheeling and dealing their whole life. Like they're blowing him out in bubbles. Like they're, they're selling him whatever he needs to hear in order to pull the strings. Like well, who, who, what, what's the gig there? What's your thoughts on that? Can you give me a lighter, please? Michael Martin, my thoughts on him. He's a coward. Just, just no, no. Who, who, who runs this place, this country, this company, Ireland? Who, who's in charge? Who pulls the strings? Because I know that the government make small money. The, the TV main heads make small money in comparison to what's available the, the radio heads all the people who the public see is what i'm saying they don't call shots shots are being called for them so in, in your opinion or your thoughts who who actually calls the shots here the country is run by the ceos of global com companies and the reason that the government has an easy time for them and doesn't cause too much trouble is because there's a revolving door policy of work for them. So you take, for instance, Bertie Ahern is a good example of it. Bertie Ahern never hurt any uh, global company in this country. In fact, he made things better for them because the Good Friday Agreement and what was done opened the doors for the Republic of Ireland to be seen as an actual place for investment and all that. Bertie Ahern went through a tribunal. He didn't have a bank account for fucking years. And then he went on a global speaking tour about how to make your country one of the places of investment. <clears throat> I don't know too much about that. I love, I love your knowledge there, but I do know and I do remember that he landed that poor man into a pile of shit. I don't think he's alive anymore. Brian Cowan, wasn't he? I remember he landed him in it, didn't he? Well, he didn't either because you have to remember. Here's an interesting one for you, though, Brian Cowan. Right? Brian Cowan was the Minister for Finance, I believe, for Bertie Hearn for a while. Yes, I think so. And Brian Cowan then was the Taoiseach, all right? He just landed in it, as far as I'm all right. <laughs> what, what course did Brian Cowan do in America once he wasn't the Taoiseach anymore? Health and safety. Economics. Okay. So, <laughs> After the fact. 
We had a Minister of Finance and a Taoiseach that when he retired from being Taoiseach, fucking done a, a college course in economics. You would think that would have been beneficial beforehand, wouldn't you? There's some golden handshakes going on because I literally only seen Joe Biden getting his name wrong. There was a little clip I seen where Joe Biden was standing in the same circle as Brian Cowan and he just he, he said something like he, he called he said something that was wrong anyway. Was, was some yeah, serious well, yeah. there's some serious handshakes going on. Yeah, but you see, it's not anyone who thinks that like the question you asked me is undermined a little bit in the fact too. You says who's pulling the strings in Ireland? Shots, yeah. There's an awful lot of countries where the strings are being pulled and Ireland is just part of it. That's all it is. Our, our we don't know who they are, right? It's kind of speculation in a way, isn't it? Right? Because you look around at some of the properties and some of the neighbourhoods and some of the areas in this, in Dublin specifically, and um, and then who you see on the TV. It just, if I, it's just a comment. It's just like it doesn't compute for me. Like these guys aren't calling the shots. I don't know who he is, but I just well, know they're not, right? Well, you have to look into the hypocrisy of it as well. You take that fella there and you're looking at the next leader of Fianna Fáil, Jim Callaghan, all right? He is going to be the next leader of Fianna Fáil, without a doubt, Miriam Callaghan's brother. Okay. And it's the click as well. I went on, yeah, I went on the local radio station a couple of weeks ago and I just told them the truth. I, says, I, t- I was talking about the Leo of Bradker cronyism thing and then I says oh and by the way our <laughs> local TD from this county local TD from the other county and I says and another TD from another part of the county and Jim Callahan met in Ballina last week in the Downhill House Hotel and they're discussing getting rid of Hall Martin and they cut it out of the programme okay. they got rid of it out of the programme they put it up on a podcast podcast that night and they took the part where I mentioned that out right so there's so much moving behind the scenes that it's incredible. Now, had they tipped the waitress on the day, I wouldn't have found that out. But it's like uh, it's like the IRB down here. I have ears every place. What I'm saying is that man there, and get back to that man, I'll tell you the hypocrite that that man is. That man said that the water charges were the wrong thing to bring in, in Dahl, okay? In he hindsight or before? before and in hindsight but whilst there was people being prosecuted for um, protesting at the water charge protests and all that he was the prosecutor right so that's the country we live in I'll tell you that it's wrong it's wrong to charge people for water when I'm in front of a camera and people are going to vote for me I'll walk into a courthouse the next week I'll prosecute them first, and then I'll walk back into the doll again and say that it's wrong. Back on camera. That's what I could. I, I couldn't understand that, that them them blatant lies and how obvious that is. You wouldn't get away with that in school. I remember at the time saying, "I wouldn't be able to get away with that yeah. sort of bullshit." And and these people are supposed to be running our country and they're talking this and doing this every single week. Well, you take, but you see, it's the whole <laughs> laugh or cry. It all. It all comes back to memory. I'm very fortunate in the fact that um, I have a memory when I read that's almost photographic and I have a ferocious memory for watching things. I can play it back in my mind. Uh, it's very beneficial in life. There's another one that annoyed me was Leo Varadkar, when that man Houlihan, he leaked the information that he was thinking about going to level five, thinking about it. 
and the whole country went bananas over the weekend. And then Leo Varadkar came out on Monday, and he said that so it wasn't best. Yeah, it was. It wasn't best practice to uh, leak that he was thinking about level five. Whilst that fucker was leaking every document he got his hands on to the newspapers and his friends, right? Testing the pulse. How, how far can we push these motherfuckers? That's what that was. That's what I see that to be. We'll call it a leak, but really what we're doing is we're seeing how much noise is going to be had if I call this. We have to, we have to wean them back into this. Because if there's too many people. If people actually... I was in Australia for that water charges thing, but there was a line crossed on the water charges thing where they had to just retract. Oh, and I'm waiting, for that, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for that line to be crossed here now with, with, with the Miley Cyrus and this whole year that we're in. And there's someone, no one knows where it is, right? But it's there. And the artist joined to wake up. Well, that's my... No, they won't. Because what they done from the water... <laughs> what they done from the water charges is they learned. All right? It's like... Two yes. pots on the stove over there. The water charges was having one pot boiling and firing the frog into it. The frog jumps out. Yes. What they've done this time so is they started <laughs> with the cold water and then they heated it up a little bit and all of a sudden the frog is cooked without realising he was in hot water at all. That's what they've done this time. They're not going to wake up. Because oh, it has to. I, 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 I just mean, I don't mean the whole country, but I do believe there's a critical mass. And it, it could be 10,000 people. It's probably not even that many people that, that are, and, and, and I don't mean fight the fucking system and, and hate on it and be angry and be easy to manipulate. If you're easily triggered, you're easily manipulated. But uh, the likes of myself and yourself and how many other thousands are just at home, knowing it's bollocks, getting on with your life, looking at the opportunity in the crisis. That, yeah. I, I believe there's a number there that's a critical mass where it'll eventually tip up no, into the rest. I, <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll, tell you why, I'll tell you why I don't think it's going to happen. If you go back to the historical times of this country and you have to look at demographics, this was a country that fought for 700 years for liberty and freedom. But you have to look at the demographics. There was an awful lot of young people a ferocious amount of young people who were not dependent on a government because there was no dole, there was none of these things in effect. So the only chance they had was to break out against the system and deliver themselves from it. Now you take the demographics that flipped on their head in nearly entirely. It's almost a 50-50 split now between people younger than 50 and people over 50. No one 50 and up is going to walk down the street and demand change because they're looking forward to retirement or they are under the guise of help from the government. Then an awful lot of the younger population, well, you have the whole system from four to 25 now nearly tied up with full-time education. All they want is their education. They want to finish up and get out of the country. So what are you left with? You're left with from 25 to 50. Most of them people have children and they have their homes and their mortgages and all that. They have so much going on in their lives that they're not, they don't care. That's it. I'm telling I hear you. you. And that's the, that's the phrase I couldn't, that, that, that escaping earlier on. Be the change you wish to see in the world. That's, that's, that's the kind of go. Be the change you, you wish to do, see. Do it yourself. I have tried and I have tried and I have observed other people trying to motivate other people to say, this is the change, this is what we need, and all those things, but it doesn't work. I'm going to hold it, man. I, I, I'm a, I, I believe with every part of my whole body and being that there's going to be a critical mass. I don't know what it looks like, 
but I do know that humans in their power. That's all. Not fighting anything, not making anything wrong, just in their fucking power, where it just might be just like, no, enough is enough. I just mean, and my whole message is empowering people. You're in your power, you're not fucking easily triggered and manipulated and destroyed with fear. That's all it really yeah. runs on, right? Fear, fear brings you to trampling on people to get some fucking toilet roll. That's yeah. there's no rationale there. So the more people come out with fear, like you, you get you get you get a pain in your bollocks being afraid, right? There's so much time right now that even whether it's anger, whether it's depression, whether it's fear, you just there comes a point where you just go, ah, fuck this, and fear just takes a side step for a second. So when you can allow. And then whether it's a podcast, whether it's, a, whether it's Tony Robbins, whatever, there's hundreds and thousands of different ways that the universe is trying to communicate with you. Would you agree? Well, there certainly is, but you see... Penny drops been... all over the shop. That's a... Yeah, but these penny drops have been going on for years. And this is... Um, the fundamental reason is like, I went on a little bit of a journey for myself and I realized the system that we're in cannot last. And yeah. you have to see the transition happening and you have to prepare yourself for the transition period because it's not going to happen overnight. So there's going I to think be... We're in it. I think we're in that. Yeah. But it's going to get worse because... Um, I agree. It's, it's like... Uh, it is, yeah. It's going to yeah. get very dark. And it's like... I'm, I, I'm a devil for the economics of it and that. I see an awful lot of traditional systems falling apart. Yeah. So with food, you know... It's too global at this stage. It cannot last. It's never been like this before. So you take your airlines and things like that. Well, without the footfall of people, airlines are going to collapse. So that's going to be leading into the element of food from other countries being transported from one country to another and seasonality is not being referenced anymore. That's going to change the agriculture system. Then on the whole point of economics and the financial system. I think that's a good thing. Uh, for us not bad for, for a lot of countries terrible you have yeah. to remember Ireland is fairly food sufficient do you know yes. what I mean nice um, and we nice have, and yeah we have good land and we have temperate climate and we have an, a large degree of the population still engaged in permanent so that's not a worst case scenario for us what is the worst case scenario? We, so, take England, for example. Probably 60 to 70% of our cattle are exported to England. You take away England, game is up, ball is burst. Do you know? So you can wipe beef off the menu at that Yeah, yeah so I hear you. I also, so I also throw in, like, in 2020, with the internet, with the connections, with the fucking... With the, with the authors that we have in our time, with the authors from 100 years ago, with people spending their life, this is a big thing. Like there's so much information age, right? That's what I'd say. We're in the information age. And then, so that's different that we hadn't got that in the past. So, the go ahead. See, good luck. Yeah, not a bother. See you then. Thanks very much for your help. Drive safely. Like. Now, Jonathan. <laughs> gentleman, gentleman. Thanks, brother. <laughs> no, sorry about that. Not at all. Not at all. No, so that's that's the piece. So I, I love your knowledge and background and, and, and vision and sight of the patterns and, and economics and stuff like that. But I feel yeah, it's, the it's, fucking missing piece that we didn't have in 1916 was the connection of people all around the world and the access to the information that we have right now. So ignorance now is a choice, right? Oh, completely. It's a um, choice to not open a book. It's a choice to not YouTube. 
information is the and people say, Oh, you get your information off YouTube, you're a tinfoil hat. That doesn't yeah. oh, no. I give up. But you, see, <laughs> you have to look at it too though. A lot of people describe the internet as a tool. Do you know it's a tool? Yeah. It's far more than that. It's an entity all of its own because it's like a life form, all right? Yes. So you can, it's like another matrix, right? Natural matrix, yeah. man-made matrix, and then the walking wall yeah. of the internet. <laughs> you can use the internet to do extraordinarily good in the world. Yes. And you can use it to manipulate people and do extraordinarily bad in the world. Show them it, one thing, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like a gun, okay? Everyone say, well, guns are bad. Guns are a bad thing. Well, they are, but if you had five kids at home and you needed to shoot something to feed them, it's a fairly useful tool. If you have five kids at home and someone comes through the door who has a knife in their hand and they intend to kill all of you, it's a fairly useful tool. It's completely reliant on the person holding it. And the internet yes. is the same. Yes. <clears throat> now, the one thing that has developed in the past 10 years to a major extent is algorithms. And this is the danger me and you are in here. We're having this conversation. This might only spread as far as people who have already made the transition to the way we're thinking, because they are more than likely going to be fed something that they like, something that they have a tendency to sit down and watch and agree with. That's where the algorithms comes in. So this is my major point is the internet was the missing link in 1916, which was the joint up thinking of the world and the spread of information and all that. But it is also at the exact same thing one of or the exact same time or rather it's one of the things holding people back because it's an echo chamber it's compartmentalizing different people in their and their worldviews into the one yeah. place yeah i agree yeah. it's like if you were like that can only be controlled right we go we look at that that the internet itself is not that right it's the platform no. or the app or the medium that you're using that yeah. is that right yeah yeah, and this is this is why I laugh because I I laughed at uh, the whole Russian hacking thing in the American election. People are forgetting about that again. I do. That's hard. To... Yeah, well, that was he. In fairness to Trump, now I, you can call yourself a fan of him or not a fan of him, ranting, but it was ridiculous. <laughs> they were on about that Russian people had hacked the election. They hadn't hacked it. They had quite three and a half years. They got out of that accusation, and it was then. Well, they hadn't hacked it, but there was quite a lot of Russian people who wanted Donald Trump to win. And all they'd done was paid for Facebook ads. That's not hacking. That's just fucking paying But did you ads. see the piece that cut them all cold actually hacking on Trump's campaign? Have you seen that? There's cold, hard oh, evidence. they Trump's campaign. There's cold, hard evidence that Trump was the one that was being spoiled on by a lot of big names. In a lot of in a lot of high places in the states, because he frightens on his home tour. <laughs> he frightens. But no one's them. talking about that. It's bananas. No, but Trump frightens them fundamentally. Yes. He frightens them because he's not them. He's. Like I'm him. not. I'm not going to. You like him. I, I like. Do. I like some of the things he's done as well. I no, no. That's why I like him. That's the main reason why I like him. He's breaking. He's breaking the status quo on so many levels. That's all. Yeah. And he's doing yeah. a really good job of it. And he's a fucking crazy man. But you know he's a crazy man. All these other people look cool up front, but they're extremely shady yeah. out of the camera. That's what yeah. I like about Trump. You, see, you know he's nuts. There's no, there's no, you know that. 
you just have to look at him in his orange face. You get it. Well, I, I, I absolutely love uh, for uh, a little bit of character analysis. I love watching Bill Gates before Warren Buffett. That's worth watching because Bill Gates before not, Warren Buffett. It's just yeah. that's the name or something, is it? No, Warren Buffett is the most successful investor of all time. Stays out of the public eye, doesn't he, really? Yeah. Warren Buffett is the most successful investor of all time. Of all time, yeah. He's out in Nebraska. He doesn't go near Wall Street because he wants to avoid up, down, and in the stock market. Yeah. And him and Bill Gates met and became friends because they're both big on numbers and that. And they're both into bridge and things like that. And it is almost as if Warren Buffett had an effect on the man to say, look, you're an incredible man. You're going to be incredibly wealthy. But you need to buck up on your public appearance. Because Bill Gates was a dickhead. An absolute rampant dickhead. Was? He was in, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> well, you have to understand where I'm coming from. I'm on about yeah, public job. relations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Warren Buffett put his arm around that man and he gave that man a guise of respectability. Because you're talking about two men, Buffett and Bill Gates, who have the power and the amount of money to end world hunger, to end all these things. Yes. They don't do it. Like the Queen and the George, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this this is the difference. It's like, why on earth? Why on earth has the Vatican a library that isn't available for everyone to read on the internet with all the money they have? Why? Because if what was in that library was revealed, pitchfork and lantern time would start in earnest. Because people would realise they've been lied to. Yes. That's it. Yes. You know, it's it. And that's this... actually a dangerous thing as well. That's the other side of the coin there, where you're wanting people to cop on to the nonsense and the, and the tripe that they've been fed the whole life. But if they got it all in one hit, too much, too, for much. Most, too much for most people. And that's where another little piece where I'm looking at the stages of how it's happening and that's another way where, kind of where my optimism comes from like it's it's so blatant now it's going to be their downfall and it's happening in stages like where the average person man and woman even older are saying in all these cases I don't know anybody or, or, what are they counting cases for women women were flattening the curve then they say that a lot of them deaths were a lawyer they were counting these cases but no one's really in hot and they're just it's happening at a nice pace I think which, is, which you, makes me trust in the bigger picture that's beyond any human. But did you not find it fierce coincidental that, let's say Joe Biden was declared president, you know, pro, prospective president, and then the day after, all of a sudden, Pfizer has a vaccine? Mate, they don't even know any of Joe Biden's policies. You run for 12 months, you know this. Nobody even knows what he's going to do when he gets in. How do you no. get away with that? Which is the point? <laughs> the worst, the worst, the worst part. But is Joe Biden doesn't know his policies. Oh my God, that's a good YouTube. Joe Biden's awkward moments. Yeah, uh, well, it's a funny one. Well, you see what what frustrates me. About <laughs> he forgets the room that he's in sometimes. <laughs> well, you see, I judge I judge a person on their past actions. Okay. Yes. On their past actions, Joe Biden has run for the president multiple times. He said that he was top of his class in college and all this crap. He wasn't. No. And he was found out in it. He completely stole uh, Welsh Labour leaders' 
speech and used it as his own. It was about the coal mines and how come, like the whole premise of this guy's speech was, I came from this area and I'm wondering how come uh, my mother and my father never went to college. My grandfather, my grandfather, they never went to college because they were held back. That was the premise of his speech. Joe Biden stole it and all he changed was the words, as in the names. He got caught out in it. He had to withdraw from the race. Okay. Then he got a job in the Senate and in a Senate inquiry where a black lady had been absolutely treated horrendously by another black employer. Joe got 12 or 13 other white guys over that. No one could empathize with the woman, the situation she had gone through at all. And they were all afraid to be called racists. So he basically allowed the entire committee to attack this woman to say that what she was saying was not true. And then the black man came up after and says, this is the same thing as a lynching from years ago. Joe put his head in his hands and he realized what he had done. People forgot. Joe moved on. Then when Obama was running and Joe Biden were running for the electorship in the uh, 2008, uh, Joe got caught making racist comments. Now, what did Obama do? It's like, it's like an old Sligo saying, uh, keep the bad dog with you because the good one won't bite you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Obama took him on as vice president because he knew, well, if I take this guy on as vice president, it'll show that I am this almost Christ-like figure, that I forgive my enemies and all this malarkey of crap. Joe Biden is a terrible candidate. He should have never won the Democratic candidacy, let alone the presidency. He didn't win it. It's fraud. Absolute fraud. Let no one tell me any different. I believe it's going to be revealed for exactly what it is. It's Which the world the- stage. Hollywood's gone quiet. We said it the other night. Hollywood has gone quiet and we're looking at all these characters and these pivots and plot twists in real time, in real life, and it, it, it's like a movie. You cannot write it. There's no, there's no sense in any of it. And no. um, we, we, we're out to make sense coming again, right? That, that's what it's all about. The we scamming, do, but- the crooked. I mean, any brand I would have said, he's crooked. He's, he's crooked. They just know from a mile away. But yeah, they reckon he's got the most presidential votes in American history. <laughs> well, what yeah. I, I, I have a few little figures sent on to me there and I'm ahead of the loop. I'm ahead of the loop a little bit. Um, there is a county in Pennsylvania and you'll see it in the news in upcoming weeks where there is a discrepancy of 500,000 between how many are registered to vote and how many actually vote. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> so it's like, look at it's so blatant, right? Did you not see the knock-on effect of that dominoes falling there? Like the blatancy of that, like stopping the count at the, on the night of the election and then all of a sudden hundreds of thousands come in, none of our Trump, and then they're dragging it out for days. Like there's people running around like headless chickens. I can see it all over Pennsylvania and these swing states just doing whatever they had, beg, borrowing and stealing to make sure that this mad thing Joe gets back in so that we can go back to some sort of business as usual and get well, this you, Trump out of the way because he's a problem. He's a thorn in the side. Well, have you, see, have you seen the amount of uh, prisoners in prison who registered for pandemic payment? <laughs> no. That's worth looking into because it's confirmed now. It, it happened. Uh, some of the names include John Doe and Poopy Bridges. <laughs> All right. So there were prisoners. It's in California alone, they reckon it's in the region of a billion dollars was paid out in pandemic unemployment payment. 
But you see, one of the things that I cannot wrap my head around, but I'm sure an attorney over there will wrap it around fairly quick. If you are registered for a pandemic payment, naturally enough, you're registered to vote. And we both know that America has the largest population of prisoners in the world. And it is strange to me that in a year of a global pandemic, when there is an election going on, that all of a sudden these prisoners start receiving what's paramount to the dole. Now, if you're in prison and you have a family outside of prison and you can be of some assistance to them, you're going to take people up on that offer. And let's just say that uh, I might turn a blind eye for six or seven weeks if you just write in this little box on such a day. Okay. That's, a, that, that, that's another spoke, like the spoke of the wheel of fraud. It's, getting, yeah. it's, it's like a bicycle at this point. It's yeah, fucking, just, there's, there's lots of them. And I'd imagine that like Trump's no Egypt. We all know this. He has one, he has one public face, but he's not stupid. No, and I would not. say that a lot of that is happening in low key, and I just sense that he's letting all these big media channels just trip themselves up. Because if I put into if I put into Trump one, if I put Trump labels in, most of the time YouTube shows me something a two minute clip of why he won't concede or why Biden's great, or it'll show me Trump four weeks ago before the election. So I'm censored yeah. on what I can see there. Well, but completely well. I it's like, for instance, today I done a quick uh, look at it. I put in um, uh, Trump voter fraud, and mm. the first nine articles were uh, <laughs> Donald Trump fraud without evidence. Yes, that's always all it. Saying. Yeah, yeah. But you see, the evidence is the evidence is there. But you see, Spoiler. what they forget, there Donald is not a complete thick. No. There is a reason that he has been getting judges on board. There is, an, oh, yeah. there is reasons for that. And there is also reasons why he only suggested it. This is going to be voter fraud. There will be voter fraud. What they never made account for is how many votes he would get. Okay? They never accounted for how many votes he would actually get. Which meant that they had to completely put their foot on the gas to win that election. Okay? Now... John F. Kennedy, and I admire him as a president because he called out the Federal Reserve. He called out the silent people who pulled the strings behind it. I admire him as a president. But John F. Kennedy should never have been president because what he committed was voter fraud. But the mob done it in Chicago. And the mob knew how to get people elected. They knew you didn't have to win by 100, 200,000 votes. They knew you had to win by one. Okay? Hmm. So they made it appear as if it was a genuine election. Okay, the Democrats nowadays are such a bunch of lefty lunatics that they lost the run of themselves completely in Pennsylvania, They're especially. Fucked. They, they seem, feel, they feel yeah. fucked and cut, and it's yeah. all that days are numbered, and they're doing everything in their power to try and live out the rest of their scrawny little lives. So I say, yeah. <laughs> which is this is all this is all boiling down to uh, false philosophies too on the left as well now there are some people who are so far right that i do wonder at times about their sanity either but i'm not way... too i'm not too familiar with all that lingo I, I kind of understand a little bit what left is and what right is but it's like the same word right it's the same it, well, it, it, well you see there's no left or right yeah. there's, there's either wrong or right okay yes. Right is around here in the centre, and the further this direction you go and the further that direction, the wronger you get. That's I like all that, it is. I like that analogy, yeah. You need, you and what's need the centre called, just for us 
Us. We're not liter- we're not literate with the term- the political terminology. I mean, like, is that called conservative? Is that a word that you would use there? Or liberal? No, like, what's I the don't... word? What's the word for centre? Or is it kind of a little bit of left and a little bit of right balanced? I think common sense is the only word. I like it. Yeah, you can yeah, that, that can become it. Yeah, let's set up a party, right? <laughs> common yeah, sense yeah. party. <laughs> it's like people ask me about immigration and that all the time, and they think I'm going to say, "Oh, no immigration." I go, "Well, I immigrated to England, and whilst I was there, I worked pretty hard, and I sent money home, and I created a life for me in my own country." So if someone comes to this country and they want to do the same, I can't say anything wrong to that. Do you know, fair same. play to them, I've done it. But if they come to this country and they expect to loiter around and get everything for nothing, I'm not cool And change the culture. That's the piece that pisses me off. Like, my mom's local. I see it in my own life. It's all, all my things always come from experience. My mom's local, right around the corner from us in Cabra there. That was closed down, and that disrupted our community. Everybody gathered there and met each other there. Now, there's pubs five minutes nearly in every other direction. But slowly you can see the fizzle out of our culture. And these yeah. student departments. But no, Jordan, not, nothing against multi, like other na- multinationals. I, I, I love, I've been in Australia. I love other people. I love learning other cultures. No issue with that. But I have got a bit of an issue of the way they're kind of drowning out the Irish culture bit by bit. Because they're always, you know this, 10, 20, 50 years ahead of us. And, and when you see a uh, one thing, it doesn't seem, th- but when you see all the dots joining together of, I don't even know too much about the bloody 2030 plan, but you see the way they put the different, they're, they're putting different people who are not going to do any work into these little pockets and towns of this country. And in 25 years, when they've got 25 kids and these lads are getting into politics, Ireland's not Ireland anymore. You know? No, but you see, you have to understand that is part of the march of globalism. Yes, all right? oh, I definitely do. I just wanted to put that into the into the into the conversation and into awareness so that it's not you're not making any race wrong, but you're saying, hang on, this is happening in, in little incremental steps over a long period of time, and awareness without being aware of it, you can't, you know. Just not you see, this is this is my point of it, or that I I look at diversity as a good thing. I see yes. diversity. A good thing it is uh, multiculturalism as a good thing but you can't you can't have this element where you're willing to sacrifice your own country's culture to make openings for other people's culture like take the irish for instance okay we've traveled to america and australia and all these places we opened up irish bears we opened up irish clubs to have a little piece of our culture in that country Exactly. Now, what we didn't that, do, yeah. what we didn't do was march up and down the street and say, right, we're here now, and this is how things are going to be. <laughs> we didn't do that. Yeah. And as I said, I don't understand. But you see, it's kind of this, this element, there is an element of people here in Ireland, I call them bendovers, because they'd rather bend over than stand up. Do you know what I mean? It's like, for instance, Sligo Hospital there. They took the Christmas crib out because a lot of the doctors are Muslims. That's ridiculous. Because that's, that kind of thing is getting worse. Yeah, but you see, yeah. what you do in that situation is, like, I, I, I had an argument about this and I argued about the sanity of it because I said, in Sligo Hospital, if I am terminally ill, okay, 
I can request a priest or a person or a vicar or an imam, depending on if I'm terminally ill, what my desire is. Okay? Yes. That means the opportunity has been given to have each religion there. Okay? Now, Ireland is a country based on Christian, Judeo Christian values. Okay? We have Christmas. What you do in that case is you say, if someone is not comfortable observing the crib that this culture is based on, they can work all through Christmas. They don't need to have their holidays. They don't need to make a big deal of it. And this is the point. You have these, they take Christian values like Christmas and that, and they bastardize them. So now children don't know the meaning of the nativity. They don't know much about Christ's life or anything like that. But they do know about Santa Claus. And Santa Claus was there for a good while through the years. And all of a sudden now you have Elf on the Shelf to preoccupy them for weeks on end before Christmas where they're not learning anything about the lead up to Christmas or what was going on. But they're learning about this little elf that moves every night and keeps Thanks an eye on it. Yeah. But yeah. you see, this is all, it's all part of the, it's the same as Easter. Easter was a religious ceremony. Now it is no longer that. It's about chocolate. Okay? So you take the two most important aspects of the Christian religion, which is the birth of Christ, the death of Christ, and the resurrection, and you make hallmark cards out of them. That's what you do. And that's why Irish culture and most Western cultures are failing, is because we are forgetting completely our own roots. And, and our like, own calendar, right? You yeah. have the calendars. The calendars are set up in the shops, whether it's Paddy's Day rolling into Easter, rolling into holidays and weekends and Halloween. And it's just back to back to back to back to back. To back. So many obligations are put on the calendar for you. That pisses me off. You know, and then, and, then you, and then you have the whole, look, eat chocolate, enjoy it. We all do. We all get stuck in it. But sometimes the whole Christmas period, how much chocolate is associated with it, man. It's like, Jesus, how did we get here? We just abusing ourselves almost. <laughs> well, you, got, you got there for a simple reason, as I said. It's like Easter. Like I like the I, I like the traditional values of Easter. I like. I don't even know them. That's been honest with you, man. I don't even. I wouldn't even. You'd have, you could educate me on that. Well, you see, there's a good one for you now, and it would have been a rural Irish thing during Lent. You would have given up something as well, but there was yes. no Easter eggs or that crap. You would have put an egg possibly a day away during Lent, that on Easter Sunday morning or that, you could boil all your eggs and have a good food, a good feed, because food was scarce at the time. So you put yourself through 40 days of pain and anguish to remember that Christ was in the desert with the devil or whatever the hell it was. And 40 days, 40 is a significant number as well in other aspects, yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you've done that and you put yourself through that little bit of pain and then Easter Sunday you were back, you had a celebration and you remember that something unique happened all those years ago. Which is, like, I tell you... That's, I love joke. that because there's values and there's principles and there's morals and there's a lot instilled in that. Yeah. See what you're saying, clear on you. Yes, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. All of the holiday... Like, there's another one, though, and I think we do an awful thing with Halloween because it was us that developed Halloween. It, Halloween was sour, you sour. know. Yes. Yeah. It was the Start, Celtic. It's, it's a Celtic New Year, right? It's, it's the end of a, it's the end of a year and the beginning of a new year. Yeah. 
But we have forgotten all of that. And instead of that, what we've done is we've gone with the Hallmark holiday again. Exactly. So, yeah, we could, we could have used Halloween as an occasion to light bonfires, get closer with spirituality, do maybe things that might expose your mind to strange things and all that. We could have done that. But instead of that, what would, what would we do? We dress up as ghosts and we light punk Physical. I see what you're saying there because there's definitely a metaphysical aspect or a spiritual aspect to that. The veil is, the veil is thinner, they say, to access. Yeah. But as you said that day, that's probably what our ancestors done because they had more time on their hands and they didn't go around with Tesco's bags of fucking picking up monkey nuts next, and lollipops next. and drumsticks. So really next. what it's all doing is actually bringing us into this physical world more and yeah. taking us away from our magic and our spirituality more. Next that's what it's all doing. Next Halloween night, you come up to Sligo and we'll climb a hill and we'll meet with a couple of druids and you'll see what Halloween is about. Yes, sir. I will do that. As I said, it's, we have completely and utterly walked away from what the world is actually like. The world is all about frequencies. All right. And at it. certain occasions during certain parts of the year and in certain places there are changes in the frequencies that if you're there present for it things open up in your mind and your sight for weeks to come after and you have great revelations you lie there and you see things and it's it's awesome it's go into that go into that a little bit well like there like do you mean like go on you'd go into that role with that well, last, last year, all right, after Halloween or that, I had a vision. I have a lot of relatives who are dead in my family, right? Yeah. And I had this dream shortly after I'd done the kind of druidy thing or that. And this is last year now. And I told my partner about it, and that's why we're kind of batshit scared at the moment because <laughs> it, it's just one step after another coming through. Love it. Um, I went to this other place and we're on this very large valley. All right. And all my, I don't know the significance. If you, if there's any dream interpreter watching, get on to me. But we're on this very large valley and we were all out with sides cutting oats, you know. And then my grandfather came up to me, but he wasn't an old man. It was him when he was a young man. And he said, uh, come with me. And he brought me down. And we watched people fighting in shops. It was just like walking down this street. In your and you could see mind's eye. You mind's went eye. somewhere in your mind's eye. Yeah, I wanted to clarify. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. And you could, see, you could see people fighting in these shops, pulling, pushing, trying to take things, pushing each other, all this crap. Then we went to this nursing home and I seen a woman in an absolutely horrendous state and nobody there. The place was abandoned. Do you know what I mean? Nobody there. And I went through and I back up to the valley again. We start cutting the oats again. And I says, am I dead? And he says, do you want to be? I said, well, no, I don't want to be dead. I want to be back, you know, with my family and all that. And he goes, maybe it'd be easier here. And that was it. Nothing happened for ages after. Do you know what I mean? I went for the election. I had told my partner the next morning about what I had seen went for the election, done all those things, and then all of a sudden, corona happened. And all of a sudden, every day I'm watching the news, they're fighting in the shops. Then, there a couple of weeks ago, I don't know, do you know that place in Galway or Mayo, where the nursing home, where everyone left? 
And I started to think to myself, oh, fuck this, because there's a higher plane. As far as I'm concerned, there's so many different... I, like, I do believe in the whole multiverse thing. I think we're in one part of something that's multiple times going on at all different occasions, different theories, all this crack is all going on at one time. Parallel realities. Uh, yeah, and I think if you find certain places, certain people, certain frequencies, you can just for a small, short period of time access a little bit of what is going on and what's going to go on. And I do believe that, but an awful lot of people don't believe in that stuff and they'd say, well, you're cracked in the head. For it's experience, stuff. bro. It, it, I feel it has to be experience. And if someone's shutting down, it's just because they're scared because the beliefs and the mental constructs are so strong. And we have to, in my opinion, go through sometimes dark times, struggling times, or be in the right place at the right time to just, or it could be drugs or medicines, as they say, uh, ayahuasca. I, I, I think what goes on... I think that's more real than this, to be honest. I think that plane is more real than this. Well, I think the journey goes as follows. I think it goes religion, atheism, spirituality. It goes in that order. Because I think religion will always play uh, a part because I always say most religions are the first and the worst explanations of anything. Like if you want... If you want to disbelieve the Bible read it because it will make you believe that it's horseshit in a lot of places if you read it with a critical mind or that and story of creation and things like that it's just first and worst explanations of things then that gets you onto the plane of atheism okay where you're not believing in anything you're going through life and then eventually what you come is to this spirituality and you start realizing you're back to the bible again and you're looking at things and you're going well that's not a literal explanation but I do see what the writer was trying to get at with it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I think that's the journey that a good intellectual, a good critical thinker will go through is to realize at the end, there is importance in believing that there's something better than this. Because look at atheism is, it's a code that I'm interested in and all that thing. And I don't, you know, there's a lot of atheists that will say, well, Religious people make out that without religion, you can't be good. Of course, you can be good without religion. You just need to be good. That's it. But there is a purpose in people's lives for believing that it could be for something. That it's not just squandered. That you're not just a clump of cells squandered. Do you know what I mean? There has to be the belief that this is in a higher purpose. Do you know what I mean? Totally Yeah, if you don't get... If you don't... If you don't think like that, all life is a very depressing place. That was you my know? question. That was my question from depression. Like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> like, you get up every day, you're doing this thing, and I often say, now I'm in a position now where I'm moving into the life that I'm creating, and I'm moving out of the life that was created or designed for me. So I'm creating life by design, and I'm getting out of the one that was designed for me. And I don't, I haven't spent any time with religion. It never made sense to me, just like politics didn't. From a common sense point of view, like I'm like, this motherfucker's talking about the afterlife. He's never been there, you know. It just it just didn't compute. Not taken away from all the magic that's in it, and the atheist never really resonated either. But spirituality did. Be, it's a word, but to me, that word could be changed to life. Yeah, like, but just there's more than what like so nature, for example. There's so much orchestration that takes place that's way beyond what my human brain can understand. Content like 
it, it, it's just there's, there's just something there. And from the pressure, the question was like, what is this about? What's my purpose? Why am I here? That was the question that brought me to starting to really see how much of my beliefs were bullshit. Though <laughs> yeah. so much of the stuff that I was led to believe was not actually true, and that is what's happening on a gla- on a global scale right now. Is the layers of the onion are falling back one by one, and now I'm ten years almost into this journey, and I'm still realizing how stupid I am as a person, oh. Oh, as yeah. a being, as a being. I'm 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 everything. When you access those points, you recognize and realize that you're everything, right? And then you come back to this little person that has a job and has all these roles and responsibilities, and it's like balancing that i feel is the is the is the new world that we're moving into not the new world order the new human being i, I strongly believe that well you see it's i i fervently believe that um one of the major problems with modern life is not stopping to just observe wonderful things around you it's like um <laughs> so true yeah we had an occasion in Chester one day, and it always stuck with me, and it's going to stick with me throughout my life. We were waiting on a concrete lorry to fill in a trench or that, and we were in a lovely part of Chester, leafy trees, all this kind of jazz. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was late, so myself and my mate just lied down under a tree. And we looked up, and the sun was just trickling down through the tree, and you could see the beams of light coming and you could see the little specks of dust dancing in the beams of light. And I was just there. I was absolutely pulled in for 10 minutes. And I, I turned to me and said, see you looking at this. He, said, he looked up. He says, what the fuck are you looking at? And I says, just have the light ah, yes. coming through yeah. the tree. The great example of that is if there's a crash on the motorway, every motherfucker will turn. Everyone will rubberneck. It's the same freeway, the same on a different night, a beautiful sunset, and few, if any, will look, will have a look. No. And it's like, we're not, like oh, that's not me either, but it's just a great example of how much we're drawn to kind of drama or negativity or that kind of stuff. And the whole beauty just seems to slip past it. And all it takes is a moment, right? I've accessed those states with breath alone. Yeah. Just, just breathing. Yeah, just breathing. It's free. Yeah, but there's, <laughs> it's like, there's another element that really annoys me is the total pursuit of trying to capture these moments as opposed to enjoying them. Do you know oh what I mean? Oh my God, that's at the phone age. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like, I cannot, I cannot imagine being on a beach somewhere after paying an exorbitant amount of money to go to a foreign country to lie on a beach and see the sea in front of me and the sun setting in it, and then take out my phone to take a picture of it. That just well, registers. That we're never going to fucking look at again. My phone has oh. followed them. Yeah. <laughs> and then what do you do? You take that picture that moment, you put it up on social media, and you spend the next 15 to 20 minutes observing who has liked it. That's <laughs> the narcissist <laughs> in this world. The like. hit of the zzz. Yeah. What do you oh. believe your purpose is, man? What do you believe you're you're here for? Getting into that? Do you have it figured out? Do you is, is are you fine tuning it? Are you realizing I, what it's not? You know what it's not. You have a little idea. What's what is, what comes up there? I think uh, I think my purpose is that when I pass on, and I don't think I'll be here for a long time. I think when I pass on, that like most good 
kind of philosophies in that. Like I'm working on a little book and I'll have my book published fairly soon. Most really? good philosophies are not understood or appreciated until they're about 300 years old. And <laughs> I, genu- I genuinely think in about 300 years time, they'll be wondering why isn't there a statue to that man as opposed to why is there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that- There's a little one, I don't know what you can see. It's a little one I just found. It's a pocket Dao de Ching. You ever heard of that? Lao Tzu. Dao de Ching. It's 5,000 years old. Two and a half thousand years before Jesus. You wrote 81 verses. That's, that's what you, that, that, is that what you're feeling? Your ideologies, your thoughts, your way of thinking. But sure, it's the same thing. Um, you remember little, little aspects from childhood and odd time. And I remember being in church one day and they were on about, um, you know, Jesus going preaching in his own community and people saying, well, is this not Jesus, Joseph's son, the carpenter? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not comparing for, for no minute. Go it. No, no, go with it, yeah. But what I'm saying is, like I could, I could speak to a neighbour or someone here, and it'll be kind of like, sure, I I know you. You're the fella that used to be covered in shite when you were a child because you kept falling down all the time. You know, <laughs> they cannot make that leap. But then someone like yourself can come out of the blue, or someone in Australia can ring you, or someone in American can ring you and say, I really, really identify with what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's uh, I critical think, mass, brother. Yeah, well, that's what it is. But, it's a uh, network. <laughs> just think the critical mass. I think the critical mass thing at the moment. I don't think we've reached it yet. I think. No, but you hear that? Did you ever hear that hundred forty-four thousand number? No, tell me. Uh, it's just it's thrown around and they like it's it's associated with angels or light workers or hundred forty-four thousand. It's a, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you anything more than that, but it's definitely a significant number. And um, I'll double check and send on to you where it came from. But I have read something on it before. I've read lots on it before from um, channelers and different aspects. There. So I uh, see the journey for me, just really, uh, it's, it's marrying the esoteric and the spiritual aspects or the unseen with the physical and the seen that we're living on this planet. Right? We're not getting away from that. We're on air at the moment, but I just get the sense that your life makes a lot of sense to you and not a lot of people around you get that fully, but you're just going about your life doing it anyway. And just kind of, Popping bubbles, giving in, so it's creating little bits of awareness that maybe weren't there before. I'm just happy enough to go and do that, you know. Well, I done a, I done an interesting one here now one day, and it'll tell you how I kind of think or that. Um, I asked a, a couple archaeologists or that uh, <laughs> at, at a new road. I said, you know, the, you know the dolmens, you know the the three standing stones and the one on top. I said to them, how did they do it? Do you know what I mean? And they says, oh, well, nobody's figured it out. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. They're just, they were incredibly good engineers for their time and that. And I started thinking to myself, this could not be too complicated. And I'm going to explain it to you. This is the thinking. I spent three days thinking about it, how to do it. It's all to do with pivot points. That's all it is. You dig a hole in the middle of the stone, lengthways. You put a tree trunk into it, okay? Then you dig two holes on the ends and prop it and then take away the intermittent difference between the two spaces. 
Then you put ballast above on top of the stone and you move it from side to side, removing props each time. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it's like that. It goes that way. You put in a prop here and then it goes that way. And you lift it with three props, three props each time and counterbalance. And I wrote this down and I drew it up for that. And I brought it back to the archaeologist. And he spent the guts of 40 minutes looking at it. Then he got his mates back in and all this crap. And he brought it to the National Museum of Ireland, is it or that? I've heard nothing back since. And the archaeologist agreed that that's how it was done. This is there's no other possible way. How is the, I love that. I love, I love your brain and I love your questions, man. I love the way you just ask the, them questions, just looking at the world around you, asking what seems like obvious questions to you, but someone in the game of archaeology, oh, James, we don't know. <laughs> just like the other aspect of it, but that's, that's what annoys me a bit of that, is like you watch these programs like Ancient Aliens and that, and I think we discredit ourselves an awful lot. Do you know, they discredit our ancient ancestors an awful lot. They say, <coughs> well, we, we all know they didn't do it. Yes, they did. Because, believe it or not, they had time to think. And they ate they, naturally. And yes. they fucking time and they were connected to the ground. They didn't, they didn't drink <laughs> a ball. They didn't drink a ball of water that was absolutely pickled with fluoride. They didn't eat food that was processed and complete. Like, I have one vice. My vice is smoking. I smoke like a trooper. But I eat well and I drink well. And I take time every morning and evening to do my exercises and I pray. And I'm mindful when I speak to people and speak to people around me and all that, that they're part of my life and I want them to have the best and all these things. I don't have coughs, I don't have colds, I don't have any issue with running around. For the simple reason that I know what I'm doing is silly when I have a cigarette. I know it's a stupid thing to do. And that's what I try to limit my stupidity to for the day. Do you understand me? Most people <laughs> don't try to limit Very interesting train of thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I say everyone has to do something that's stupid, okay? We all make mistakes. We do things that are stupid. We, we act out of turn. We do things too quickly and all that. I try to limit mine to having a smoke. You know, that's my stupidity for the day is taking this thing that I know is not good for me. And I, I know it's not good for me. But that's how I try to limit it for the day because other people do things that are bad for them without even realizing they're bad. They make life decisions that are really bad for them without realizing they're bad for them they you know they just do the most inept things with no thought whatsoever so what i try to do is overthink things a lot be brave realize the system for what it is and smoke like a trooper and that does me (laughs) do you see that changing what the fags yes no, I really don't, to be honest about it. it. It's the price of them. The price of them is basically the only negative factor I can see for them at the moment. Fucking packaging, man. I think that should be illegal. I don't know who the fuck passed that, but if there's kids in the house or there's people walking around, anyone that doesn't, like, I think that's so graphic and should not be allowed. I understand the power of messaging and how it goes in and what you pick up. To me, that's just advertising for fucking surgeons down the track. 
statutory branding for fucking operations down the, down the line. Well, let me ask you a question, all right? Weird. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Consciously, I know this will kill me, okay? <laughs> Consciously, I know this will kill me. How can a government say that this is okay? This is okay for me to do. This is legal for me to do. But for something that has a death rate of less than 1%, they make it entirely illegal for you to go about your day-to-day -day business that you might put someone else at risk. Look, there's no, there's no, there's no sense in any of that. Someone told me, was it you? You told me about the tuberculosis the other night. Yes, yeah. the red door and what went on there. Look, this is not about, I don't know what it is and it's not conspiracy, but it's not about a fucking little thing called COVID. That's, that's a fact. Because no. if the government gave a fuck, they'd have a same, similar, let's block a year out for mental health and get everybody's head right. Let's block a year out and get everybody's money right. Let's let's talk about suicide for 30 days straight and shut down, you know. No, ne no not never. never. No. And there's never a talk of any... Your man, do you know Wim Hof? Who? Wim Hof, the Iceman. No, I haven't heard of him. The Iceman, Wim Hof. He's a Wim Hof method. He does cold exposure. He's, done, he, he's put himself in the cold water, icy water yeah, in Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the guy, he, he puts himself in boxes full of ice and he lowers his breath and all that. Over, over two dozen Guinness World Records, breaking the history books, right? He was injected with E. coli and he beat it, mild, mild symptoms, and he beat it with his meditation and his breath work and his practice of cold exposure. And they said to him, oh, sure, you're the ice man. Of course you're going to be able to do that. He said, no. And he took 10 people or 12 people and he asked him for 10 days, and I think after three or four days, they were ready. And he had the same uh, experiment, and they all had mild symptoms and overcame the E. coli, supposed to be lethal. Basically, the way I see that his cells were so charged up that any unwanted guests that came in overpowered with the energy that he, he, he generated in power, right? He generated and he beat the thing. And you're talking with this little pissy fucking whatever it is, not even been isolated, so, like it's nonsense. But where I come from is like, I know that uh, Wim Hof has done that, fucking hooked up to all the machines, scientifically proven, clinically proven. And that's with breath work. How often do you hear that being mentioned on the 6-1 news? Well, why, why in this country, in this wonderful week, country we have, in, we have an absolute multitude of cures in this country. Yes. All right, but they call them alternative now. You know that so we 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 have pharma force. Everybody else is alternative. It's not natural or yeah. Go on. They're not looked into. But I'll <laughs> tell you, I'll tell you one cure, and I'm quite fortunate in having it's been. I've seen it done. Okay, I've seen it done on multiple occasions. But I'll mention one to you. This is how the cure works. My mother's aunt, which would be my granddad, had the cure for the hole in the heart. You know when a child has a hole in the hair? Yes. She would put a cloth out. This is getting back to my thing at certain times of year, there's certain frequencies and you need to know what to do on certain occasions. She would put a cloth out on St. Bridget's night, just outside the house for the night. And that cloth would be kept for the full year. And what she would do is put oatmeal in a cup, okay? And she'd put this cloth over the cup and she put her hand over it like that and she'd say her few prayers or anything like that. And you would notice 
some of the oatmeal had left the cup. The first occasion the cure was done, it wouldn't be much. Then it's not like a magic trick because she was by no means a magician or anything like that. The second time the child came back, same process again. Fill it to the brim with the oatmeal or that. Put the cloth over. Say the prayers. Half of it was gone. All right? Then the third occasion, it might be a teaspoon. In the space of 30 seconds, it could be a teaspoon that was left. Okay? And I know how it worked because on one occasion, there was a travelling family from Cork and they had been up to uh, Crumlin Children's Hospital, but the travelling community still has great faith in cures. And they were told that the child was going to die. Blown Crumlin. This is, this, it's unsolvable. Do you know what I mean? It can't be solved. And they went home, and then an older person told them about this woman in Sligo who had the cure for it. So they came up with their van and their caravan and they found the house through word of mouth and she says yeah that's no problem but she says you're after coming a long distance you know and i can only do it on tuesdays thursdays and tuesdays again so she says i don't know what you're going to do your man says that's fine we'll stay so they stayed across the road from where she was old school <laughs> yeah and she done the cure for however many days, but she says it was a very bad case. That's all she said. She says, you might have to be here for a while. It's a very bad case. And eventually she seen in the cup what she thought was good enough. And she told them, you can go home now. And your man says, what do you mean? He said, you can go home now. The child's fine. They went <coughs> up to Crumlin. And whatever scan they got confirmed that it had disappeared the hole had gone was filled in so my granddad woke up one morning and she was in a bit of a state of alarm because there was three gentlemen outside her house measuring her windows and her doors now this is the kicker with those old cures you couldn't take payment for them you could not receive money of any description for them and she went out and she was in a bit of a hop she says what are you doing he says we're measuring your house for pvc windows and doors she says, I didn't order that. She says, no, you didn't. But this guy in Cork did, and you're getting them. <laughs> so she I love that. Glazed. I feel that. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, <laughs> and then it was double glazed because he knew in his heart and soul that saved the child's life. Because the doctors above in Dublin, but this is the interesting part. They couldn't believe what had happened, but none of them came down to inquire. No one wants to know. The whole livelihood is a, has been a lie. <laughs> if they, if they and here's a Here's a good one for you now. Here, I have a forge here, right? I bend metal and I make gates and do things like that on my forge. And in the forge, there's a thing called a steeping pool where you put the iron. When you get the desired shape you want, you put it into the water and it cools it quickly and then it retains its shape. Well, I never knew it, but an old man told me, he says, do you know, he says, you have the cure of warts. I says, what the hell are you on about? He says, you have the cure of warts in that steeping pool. And I says, right, well, explain that to me. So do you know how young people have warts on their hands? Mm -hmm. They put it into it. And four or five days after, the warts fall off. Because it's actually scientific. But you see, pharmaceuticals don't want to talk about this. There's a very high density of iron in the wart cream. That's what kills the wart, Fuck. is the iron, right? So years ago, the old people knew if you put your hand into a blacksmith's steeping pool, 
the warts would come off because it's full of iron, iron oxide off the cooling metal. So anyone can come here and do it for free instead of going to the chemist and buying cream for 20 euro a pack. That's so powerful, man. And that's, that's the thing. Like everybody knows that clients, not cures, is the, is the way of big pharma. But it's like more of these stories and more of these, because once people hear it, they know. So the cure for the burn, know. the cure for the burn in this country was as follows. There's a lizard that you only find on the boglands. It's called, we call it a man keeper, but I think there's another name for it that'd be a better, you know, a terminology or something like that. But to get the cure of burn, you had to catch one of them and you had to lick its belly. That was the cure. And people say that's ridiculous, that never work or anything like that. But it's confirmed that there are certain things when you consume them, they make changes in your DNA makeup and things like yes. that that allow you to perform certain cures. Now, the church never liked these cures because these cures go back to the Druids. And that is one of the reasons that the Romans never came to Ireland. It wasn't just that it was too far for them to go. There's a reason they stopped at Scotland and Ireland was because they were the last um, kind of mainstays of Celtic culture where they knew the Druids were strong. And they left off. They left well enough alone. That's why they stopped. Love that. Love that. And there's, there's so much to that. There's a mythology and then there's the power of belief and the placebo. And yeah. the faith. And, and, and faith as an energy. Like having faith that something's going to work. Powerful. You see, yeah, you see, but you see these as these cures as well. There's an awful, like the cure of um, thrush. The cure of thrush was it would only be in a child who hadn't seen their father. Wow. So I know, I won't, I won't, I won't mention his name because, you know, he's a nice fellow and all that, but I'm sure he wouldn't like me mentioning his name. But he is the cure of thrush because his father died whilst he was in the womb. And Above here in Sligo, he has performed this cure for people multiple times. Wow. Multiple times. And he has it. And all he has to do is take your nose like that, open your mouth, blow one breath of air into your mouth and say a prayer. It's done. He doesn't take money first. He just does it. Oh, I, watched, <laughs> I, watched, I watched a lad in England, seventh son of a seventh son, take an earthworm like that put it in the palm of his hand and draw his finger around it like that. And I watched that earthworm curl up into a ball and die. Seen it. Very interesting. I love it. Them cures are in it. Yeah, that's and powerful. Big Pharma and all of these things can say that it's nonsense and that it's alternative medicine and they can come up with 101 descriptions for it. But they're not. And these right. are global. It's not just Ireland. There's shaman in Africa. There's people out in South America. They're out Southeast Asia, all these places. Tapped still, in. Yeah. Tapped in human beings. Keeping yeah. that culture, remembering who and what. We, yeah, that's powerful. I think we'll have to do a part two. I think we'll have to wrap it up here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, that's right. powerful right. stuff. Man. I'm, I'm very glad that we actually went, went moving towards that kind of, an, the, the, the open politics. You've got a full, you've got a full politics into the, I don't know what, what I want to call it, mysticism, or just the invisible and the power. As you call it, the power that we all have. The you know? power, 
The power to change anyone's life is completely and utterly in themselves. Yes. There's a reason that you every can spark religion, it, that's all. Every religion around the world has made much the same quote as knock and the door will be answered. Just ask yes. the question. That's yes. all it is. And <laughs> in my mind, the most important thing is visualization. That's the most important thing. My house here, and I'll, I'll finish up after this. This exact house here, 2AT, I was about four or five months ago, I was out at my parents' house and I went up into the attic. My mum sent me up into the attic to bring something down for that. And just out of interest, all my old school materials were there, do you know? Mm -hmm. And I pulled out a drawing that I had done in technical drawing and it is this house 2AT. Despite the fact I did not know it, I did not see it, and I would have only drawn it to kill time in the class when I had done what I was That's meant to do. That's what you thought, it. right? Yeah. I'll Same draw. way, it was no mistake that your mom sent you up, I don't believe. You know, and the fact that you pulled it out, there's something else driving us sometimes, right? If not yeah, all because it's reaffirming what you know is now true. You didn't yes. know it at the time. I drew what my dream house would be when I was 13 or 14. This is what it would be. I'm in it now. And then it reaffirms it for me because I pull it out on a sheet of paper and I go, oh my God, there it is. That is exactly what I wanted. Powerful. So, yeah. It's class. It's absolutely Powerful. class. Yeah. Time so, is an illusion, right? <laughs> I wish it was horrible. <laughs> so it is. Oh, I love it, man. That was epic, James. Not a bother at all. You're happy enough. Yes, we'll catch up soon, definitely, man. We'll, we'll stay in touch, yeah? Give me a ring tomorrow, laddie, because I'll tell you I'm going to get my table together, so yeah. <laughs> I will do. No worries. Come on, enjoy. Mind yourself. Good luck. You too. Take it easy, bro.